Scarpins Audio. Welcome to Profiles in Eccentricity, a show about weirdos, with your hosts, John Fahey, Aaron Peter, and Matt Brutzone. Hello folks, welcome to Profiles in Eccentricity, it's a show about weirdos, doggone it. My name is John Boy, it is John Boy time, I'm afraid. My name is John Francis Fahey, I am your host. Joining me, as ever, tasty little tidbit from round back, Pokey and Cumbie, Gilbert Gape, what's eating them? Francis Ford Coprophagia? Aaron Joseph Peter? That's me. That's, That's you, me. buddy. I love that the fucking episode I I have the fucking Michelangelo's David Duke company <laughs> tattoo. Stop calling me that. Mm-hmm. Well, he doesn't need that hey, anymore. Dude, we moved on. <laughs> Shit. That, that's canon. <laughs> Damn it. Um, maybe we'll unveil that at some point after after. The oh, movie. please do. Oh, I've got a I, I on taking, cam. Yeah, on cam. And you taking a leg shot on cam, bro? Thigh oh. high. Whoa. Dropping trow. Damn. Now you got to do leg day. Oh, dude, skipping it for a minute. You know what I'm saying? Uh, I had one in the shower today that I was trying to come. I was like, man, I was like, man, Francis Ford Coprophagia is really good. It's real nice. Mm-hmm. And it's like, fuck. you got to listen to Patreon for that, folks. Uh, we have uh, been off for a few weeks. Sorry. Uh, some of that was COVID scheduling. Just bullshit. I don't know. Um, but we always do a Patreon every week. Um, and they get really fucking dumb. Yeah. yeah. It's all kinds of dumb shit. Uh, $5 a month, find us on Patreon. Um, but Aaron, what did you come up with in the shower? Well, I was like, oh man, that's really good. And it kind of pissed me off. Friends Ford Coprophagia. <laughs> Coprophagia is a active eating shit. Shit eating. Jesus uh, Christ. No, you uh, start I was somewhere. like, oh man, uh, what about bottoms up? What, what, what about <laughs> bottoms up turd bag? <laughs> um, what about, I was like, oh, what about Guillermo del Taco? And I was like, well, the thing is, Guillermo del Toro kind of already is Guillermo yeah, del Taco yeah, if you look yeah. at him. <laughs> oh, okay. I wasn't and then I got a good I got a good one. Colonel Mustard. Okay. Nice. nice. He must turd. Yeah, he got must it. do it. He and must. he's a colonel. Yeah. But you spell it corn like colonel corn, like a corn colonel. Cornhole yes. mustard. Because you you get corn kernels in your shit. Colonel mustard. Yeah. Yeah. The last game of Clue I played, that's who it was who shit in the study. <laughs> <laughs> and you guys said I found oh, out. Oh god, it's the fucking Who could have done it? Oh, the colonel. <laughs> yeah, holding 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 up the turd with, yeah, the, with yeah, the corn yeah, in yeah, it. Perfect. It must have been <laughs> Colonel. I think I know who did this, fellas. Colonel Mustard. He had something in his teeth. To your right, my left, handsome Matt Brousseau, the Frenchman henchman, the gall was it all. Oh hi. The uncut jam. That's mm. good, you know. That's good, you know. <laughs> How are you boys doing? Pretty good. Yeah. Um, complaints. Uh, a tattoo came out great. Yes. Big big thanks to everybody involved. And stop asking me for dick shots on my DMs. Nobody's doing it. Yeah. Please yeah. ask me for <laughs> cock shots on yeah. my DMs. Uh, You're well, skipping cock day too. Uh, every day is cock. Not, I can't, can't can't. Not in the shower. No, can't skip cock day when every day is cock day. Uh huh. That's a good point. Um, we'll post a picture on the Instagram. Mm-hmm. Uh, shout out to the, the good man Roman at, at Unbreakable Tattoo in mm-hmm. Studio City, mm-hmm. and everybody who voted it, and commented. It and, looks fucking good. And um, Cooper Mahalan, Cooper Mahalan, uh, and James uh, Dylan Beck. Mm-hmm. Uh, what a wonderful collaboration it was. It was really quite something. Should I bust this thing out right now? You might as well, man. Fuck, boner jams. You can do you see? Do you see the boner jams? It's yeah. gonna be uh, <clears throat> oh, 
thought you were saying your boner was jamming up your fucking jeans, man. Yeah, well, uh, put it on camera three here. Yeah, take it to camera three. Yeah, yeah, take it. To- <laughs> oh, oh, God, what the fuck? Jesus Christ. We're good. We got space, Final Frontier. It really came out very nice. And it's good and big. Yeah, nice and big. You know, nice look and at big. The, the fine detail work on the face there, which, I mean, really. It really screams to Kavni. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Uh, the, the, the shading, the musculature, mm-hmm. the penis, the tiny penis and balls. Yeah. Because, I mean, let's face it, you know, if it, if the face didn't come out well, you were putting a hood over that thing calling it Michelangelo's David Duke. And that wouldn't be good. Yeah, I was putting a hood over it like there's a hood. This is my only tattoo. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> I don't know about you at all, bro. <laughs> yeah, so uh, thanks, everybody. Um, it's a real delight. Yeah. And it didn't hurt. No, it felt great. Now I got to get something on the left side. Maybe it's Francis Ford Coprophagia. It might be. It should be really me and Matt as the two other kids in the trench coat. Oh, yeah. That would be good. And we got, like, nipple piercings and shit. Yeah, and, and we're, like, chained to we're, each other. We're peeking out and yeah. stuff. You know? Hey. Hello. Can we come in, too? Come in. Oh, God. Can we come in? <laughs> we are. Bye. <laughs> um, I got a little thing uh, Dodger sent me. Mm-hmm. I just want to throw by you guys. And, Matt, I think it's almost impossible uh, that you don't know about this was it like foreskin trivia it's uh baseballish all right close it's not even baseballish it's it's, it's very, baseball it's baseball <laughs> you guys want to play some baseball <laughs> oh my god hello peter <laughs> i was you want to play some baseball <laughs> i was in i was in uh, little tokyo and um hmm. that that fucking song was playing sister christian yeah night ranger yeah and it was going to the part and the bartender, uh, this is in Little Tokyo, right? Which are you at Far Bar or at that like a no like one of the one of the little like tucked away speakeasy type places where they have karaoke and stuff? Um, this guy was so funny. He 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 was like he, he would throw out these like these hyper nihilistic things like my life has no point and stuff. The KJ, the, the bartender. Oh, just the regular bartender. Yeah, really good time. And then he goes um. The song is playing, and um, he's going. He starts doing the doing, 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 doing the build up yeah, that yeah. Alfred Molina does in uh, Boogie Nights, mm-hmm. and then he goes, uh, he goes, "That's Cosmo." It's Chinese. He did. He did. I swear to God, dude, I lost my mind. <laughs> I swear to God. Oh man, I half uh, expected a call or a text, something like that. Oh yeah, that's yeah. too good to be true, dude. Yeah, it and, was... and it's in Little Tokyo. Yes, which is not China. No, no, no. It was, you know, you know, it was just because I love Japanese culture. So, you know, I'm, I'm there a lot. And yeah, you're a weeb. <laughs> yeah, big time weeb. And, uh, but yeah, it was, it was pretty thrilling. Cause obviously, and somebody the whole, dropping, he's Chinese. The whole time I'm thinking, I'm thinking about the fucking movie, like yeah. while the song's playing. Yeah. And uh, then I just like overhear him talking to another customer about Boogie Nights. And I'm like, what, what, what? <laughs> and so, you know. Should have dropped the Eddie Nash uh, cocaine toilet paper trivia. Yeah, I don't know if that would have been like fun bar talk. <laughs> hey, <laughs> <laughs> not yet. Want to hear something gross? <laughs> this guy didn't have toilet paper, <laughs> but he did have cocaine. <laughs> Quite an amount, sir. <laughs> um, yeah, that was that was a real delight. Mm-hmm. Really, really enjoy that. Um, 
So I want to talk about uh, a little here uh, before I get into to the main course about uh, Sid Finch. Oh yeah. Oh, I, I know Sid Finch. You do. Uh, it's um. Well, yeah. Go ahead. Uh, Sid Arthur Finch. Yes. Yes, I do know. Yes. Yeah. You? I, the name's familiar. I don't. I'm not that familiar with. Uh... Okay, nice dude. So it was. It was basically like Sports Illustrated was coming out like at the beginning of the year, and. Uh, the uh, the managing editor saw that one of the publication dates was April first, and he had this writer go and and try to like uh kind of accumulate uh, sports pranks over the years, and he was like, I'm not really getting that much, and he's like, Can I kind of make my own? Oh, okay. And so that was George Plimpton, and oh, Paper Tiger, George Plimpton. And it was it was uh it was 1985, and um the backstory was that. Uh, this guy Sid Finch uh, could throw a fastball as fast as 168 miles an hour. <laughs> right, and uh, he grew, was raised in an English orphanage, uh, learned yoga in Tibet, mm-hmm. and that's where he mastered, you know, the mind and the body and all that stuff. The art of the fastball. Yeah, he's, he's the Batman of pitching. And um, so, yeah, uh, you know, fucking uh, Mavoy, you know, goes, yeah, go ahead, Plimpton, like make your own hoax. And so it was Hayden Siddhartha Sid Finch mm-hmm. who was a rookie baseball pitcher in training with the Mets. And he wore only one shoe, and it was a hiking boot. Oh, good. Uh, while pitching. Mm-hmm. And was it his pivot foot or his, his lead foot? Yeah. yeah which, what, it's got to be the pivot foot. Is he a, was he a right-hander? Uh, I, I don't know. Probably a right-hander. Well, he had no hands. <laughs> <laughs> Pitch with his mind. Um... And so he had never played baseball, and he was trying. He was supposedly trying to decide between a, uh, a sports career and playing the French horn. Smart. Um, and you know, I think the record at the time was 104 miles an hour for a fastball. Yeah, that's um, pretty much still the record. The scouting report from the Mets allegedly gave him uh, a nine out of eight on <sighs> nice. accuracy nice. and speed. Typical and- Mets math. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> that's why, that's why they, they've always done so well. So he said, he said, "We only got, we got ten guys on the field." <laughs> he said, "This guy grew you don't, up. You don't, they don't, there's no penalty for that. Grew Eight up, men out. Grew up in an English orphanage, and was adopted by an archaeologist who died uh, later in a plane crash in Nepal." Mm. Yes, and then uh, well, that's, yes, Sid Sid goes to Harvard briefly, you know, yeah. and then he goes to Tibet uh, to you know learn how to master his mind and all that shit, and. Um, that was under the great uh, Saint Lama Milis, Mila, Milaraspa, um, and when that's where he got his pitch from, right? Naturally. And then um, he decided not to go into baseball, instead choosing to, quote, play the French horn or golf or something. <laughs> or something. It's doing a lot of work there. <laughs> Which is my favorite part of, 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 of like, the Or lesson. something. Or Let's something. not play baseball. It is a silly game. <laughs> <laughs> um... <laughs> so the story uh, came with with pictures of Finch, um, oh. including one uh, featuring a young uh, Lenny Dykstra and uh, another one of, of, of Finch uh, talking with the, the Mets' uh, real pitching coach, uh, Mel Stottlemyre. Mm-hmm. And um, the Mets played along with the hoax, um, providing a uniform and a number. For this actor? For this guy that doesn't exist. Oh, they didn't. The, you said there were pictures, though. They they had a guy pose. As yeah, an actor. They, they had they, they had somebody pose. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. But they went along with like I think they gave him like a locker. Oh, that's uh, great. Um, so yeah, the photographer um, for the story recruited uh, his friend Joe Burton, who was uh, a, a junior high art teacher. 
to pose as as Finch or a golfer or something. Yeah, and um, <laughs> he would usually kind of like have like his face sort of like akimbo, like yeah. so it wasn't like a you know it couldn't exactly obscure in some way. Yeah, Sports Illustrated was still read by high school students back then. So right, yeah, not like today. And so they didn't do the body issue with Sid. <laughs> That's or, where it started. Like his he, cock's hidden behind his mitt. He allegedly. Uh, <laughs> Oh, so the real guy that posed for the photos, um, he's 6'4 and wears a size 14. So he's a big old fucking guy. Yeah. Big old gay art teacher. Um, <laughs> so the, the, it could the, just be any art. There isn't. Uh, the, <laughs> yeah, it's gay art. <laughs> the gay arts. I'm studying the gay arts. <laughs> <laughs> in Tibet, no less. <laughs> and. Um, <laughs> They're called martial arts. The guy's name is Marshall. Mm hmm. Mm -hmm. There was a novelist, uh, Jonathan D, who was um, working as assistant to Plimpton at the time. And he said that Plimpton was a total wreck. Drugs? Uh, no, just so knowing that if it wasn't good, it would be so bad. Oh, okay. Um, he said um, it was the only time I worked for him that he was like, he asked me to come in and work on a Saturday. Um and I, I was I was so uh, you know blown away by this very like world famous successful writer, just completely at his wits end over fake shit. Yeah, yeah. Um, and and he was he didn't know whether it was good enough, uh, believable enough, funny enough, and whether the whole thing would like just end up making him seem like a fucking jackass. Uh huh. Uh, well, it's George Plimpton. I mean, at that point, well, that guy was in Parliament Funkadelic. <laughs> <laughs> He had already be, he'd already watched people getting uh, uh, executed in, Cu in Cuba with Hemingway. Like, what does he have to? Now he's worried about this. So uh, it, check out Matt's profile. No, oh, John's profile. That's no, that was that was your that was your profile on um, that ex great executioner. <laughs> the great executioner. <laughs> One of the greatest executioners of all time. <laughs> yeah. uh, it comes out. Mets fans are fucking over the moon. Yeah. Right. And um, they, they are writing to Sports Illustrated for more information. Parades. Uh, yeah. Uh, a New York sports page editor complained to the Mets uh, PR department that um, that Sports Illustrated was able to break the story. Um, <laughs> two, two general managers called the commissioner of baseball asking about Finch. Nice. St. Petersburg Times sent a reporter to find Finch. Mm -hmm. And a radio talk show host claimed uh, he saw Finch pitch before. Oh, nice. God. Yeah. Um, I would love to be in on a scam. That sounds like fun. They're a prank, I guess. Not they, gave, they gave they uh, gave Finch the locker between George Foster and Daryl Strawberry. Uh -huh. <laughs> Amazing. Strawberry kept his coke in. <laughs> yeah. He's a, Sid's a cokehead. <laughs> yeah. There's like six kilos in here, man. <laughs> man, I got to start doing yoga. I'm going to call you Sid Vicious, man. You're crazy, dude. Anyways. Um, I haven't slept in three days. CBS, NBC, ABC, and uh, local St. Pete uh, newspaper sent reporters uh, to Allang Stadium for a press conference about Finch. Um, at uh, at the April second press conference, uh, Burton came out and announced his retirement as as Sid Finch. And um, wow. Uh, the, the, the subtitle of the article read, he's a pitcher, part yogi and part recluse, impressively liberated from our opulent lifestyle. Sid's deciding about yoga and his future in baseball. And the first letter of those words spell out, happy April Fool's Day. Mm. Nice, nice. Um, and yeah, a lot of people fucking, um, uh, they, they, they did print, uh, uh, I think, the following issue uh, announcing his, his retirement, a smaller article. 
And then um, on the 15th, announced it was a hoax. Tax uh, day. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Time to pay the piper. Uh, <laughs> and then... Valentine's Day. I think, I, yeah, uh, Plimpton eventually uh, kind of threw it into a novel. Mm. Uh, and... Uh, you He's know. got a yogi picture in one a novel he wrote. Yeah, and they did a thirty for thirty. What was, what was the wait? Novel? What? Oh, on that whole pl- yeah. P- prank. Yeah, you got it. Yeah, that must have been where I saw it. They should have done a thirty for thirty that pretended he was real. Well, that was before they had thirty for thirty. Well, yeah. Uh, I, I think I, that's where I, I heard of I it. Think, it was a thirty I, for thirty. I think it was kind of framed that way. Oh, okay. Cool. Um, okay. But yeah, they have uh, a Sid Finch bobblehead giveaway uh, right, with right. the Brooklyn Cyclones. Um, uh, George Plimpton's son threw out the, the first pitch and uh, Joe Burton showed up signing autographs and bobbleheads. Nice. Uh, Jesus. And uh, the bobblehead right. had him in a Cyclones uniform uh, with the French horn in one hand and a bare foot. And uh, this was that same year, like that same year. No, 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 no this, this is this, recently. This, this is, yeah, 2015. The Brooklyn Cyclones are kind of like a the uh, new, AAA team, yeah. Something. And yeah. they just couldn't Brooklyn. do it uh, with like the Mets uniform because it would have cost too much. But they brought it out and they they yeah. they gave him. That's great. He's like a Uncle Sam, like yeah. like a fake. Yeah. He's like a you know a, yeah a, a fake folk hero mascot. Yeah, and then it ties kind of to Taro Sujimoto. You know about him? No. So that was a guy um, that was uh, a fake draft uh, because they were protesting. How the drafts work. It was done like by phone and very slow. Oh, okay. And it was like, um, it was the NHL's uh, Buffalo Sabres, uh, 183rd overall pick in the 11th round of the 1974 NHL amateur draft. Go Sabres. And it was created in protest of how the NHL's draft was carried out at the time, uh, deliberately slowly via telephone so that the rival World Hockey Association would not know who was being selected. Oh, okay. Yeah. So right around that time, the World Hockey Association was poaching. The yes. stars from the NHL, uh, Bobby Hull was one of their big gets, um, and uh, they're like, "We'll give you more money. You'll play in Winnipeg," and uh, and then eventually the NHL just was like, "Oh yeah, what if we just figured out how to take these guys back here?" Because mm-hmm. is, is it a draft like basketball? Or is it a draft like baseball? Uh, well, they're. <sighs> Because the baseball draft, like, you don't even have to declare. They're just like, they drafted Michael Vick, you know, when he was in college. Right, right. I, yeah. I, 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 I don't know if, I don't remember if they had to have the, I don't think they had to have the rights to the people. Right. Necessarily. Um, <laughs> the right to the people. Yeah, well, you know, like, you know, uh, usually, uh, I mean, after after you, you get the rights to them through the draft, mm-hmm. then you have the, then you can sign them. If they um, choose to. But I think... I think uh, so they with, with the WHL. I, I don't. I'm not sure, but maybe they would try to sign them before mm. the draft. Mm-hmm. Um, but anyway, it was a whole big thing, and because Bobby Hall joined the WHA, then the the Canadian Olympic team, uh, the the and the owners of the Bla- the Blackhawks, who he was playing with in Chicago, conspired with the uh, the NHL and the Canadian Olympic team to get him kicked off the Canadian Olympic team so he wasn't picked when they played Russia in one of these like great games right. to forever ruin his reputation. Yeah, this guy did not acknowledge that it was a fake draft pick until right before training started. Great. Um, they set up, you know, like a locker again, you know, like a fucking stall or whatever and um, had him on the training camp roster. And he was an art teacher from uh, Schenectady. <laughs> no. But... 
seven feet tall, wore a boot. And it was like Sujimoto was just like, like I think an electronic store he would see. And he just threw oh, that okay. in there. I don't, I don't even think there had ever been even a Japanese hockey player in the NHL at this point. No, I, I completely um, doubt it. They're all speed skaters. <laughs> and they skate too fast. Uh, so I mean, they would have noticed. No one wore helmets back then. The, sa- the Sabres would chant, uh, we want tarot. <laughs> nice, when, nice. The ga- when the games became like one-sided, it uh-huh. was like kind of like this like inside joke to last year with Sabres fans. And um, there would be banners hanging over the balcony that says, tarot says, and, you know, uh, it'll be, you know, some shit against like an, an opposing player or whatever. Um, yeah, just fucking bizarre. That's great. So, strange little things. Uh, there's been fucking two books published on tarot, Sujimoto. Like, <laughs> you know, um, just like fake biographies and shit. Like, it's so wild. Right like today, fake biographies. Yeah, yeah, two of them. Yeah, like, well, there's um, the the uh, the the, the Legend of Taro Sujimoto, the unauthorized fictional biography, mm-hmm. <laughs> and then in 2019, uh, they they came up with uh, Taro Lives, which is about the the prank, basically. Uh-huh. Yeah. Um, and Sabres fans can get jerseys with the name Sujimoto and the number 74. Hmm. Cool. Pretty wild shit. I think yeah, today they'd have to like they someone would have to make an Instagram. There would have to be like yeah, yeah, yeah. some footage that they would fake yeah. of them playing like the the European basketball league. Yeah, or some yeah, shit. yeah. Some you know, um, uh, dunking on some guy in junior high. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, yeah, in skates. Like, yeah, in skates. Yeah, yeah. there's got to be there's got to be a TikTok thread that you can go and check. Like he's a multi sport athlete. He plays yeah, basketball and hockey skates. Yeah, and, people don't come out of yeah. nowhere anymore, man. Yeah, yeah. or golf or something. <laughs> or, or something. <laughs> Uh, let's take a little break and then we'll dive in. Great. Be right back, folks. And we're back. Now, fellas. Fellas. Uh, we did uh, touch on, on this gentleman in uh, when we were talking about uh, Albert Anastasia. Okay. And that was when, uh, when there was this guy that everybody knew was classy criminal. Mm-hmm. Uh, was Albert Anastasia the, uh, the counterfeiter? That was, uh, no, he was, he was one of the, like the mafia guys with the, the barber chair murders and all that. Oh stuff. God. Yeah. yeah. But, uh, you know, there was, uh, this big manhunt for this guy, Willie Sutton, who was a bank robber. Um, but a uh, he wasn't a heavy, uh, you know, and he kind of had such class that when he was in prison, the mafia guys were like, "You don't got to worry about anything in prison, dude." Like, well, like we like having you around. Um, you really class up the joint. Yeah, yeah. Everybody was like, "He's such a fucking gent," and so this guy um, was next to him on a train, uh, next to Willie Sutton, and. Uh, he was a 24-year-old kid. Uh, Arnold Schuster was his name. And he clocked him from a flyer that went to his father's clothing store. And the reason why was Willie Sutton was such a good dresser that they started circulating his photograph among tailors. Mm. And Identify this man. And, they, and, this he, and, and he was such a good dresser because he had <clears throat> bank robberies full of money. Right. <laughs> right? Um, so this kid uh, follows him. Uh, and he goes and he sees him working with a car battery and he's changing out a car battery and he goes up to two patrolmen and he goes, 
you're not going to believe me, but Willie Sutton is changing a car battery around the corner. And the cops go up to him, and they're like, uh, excuse me, can we see your identification? And it's like Charles Gordon or something like that. And they're like, oh, all right, sorry, Mr. Gordon. And he's like, I'm just going to, I was doing construction. It's Charles and, Grodin. And, uh, yeah. <laughs> he, just uh, getting taken in by a bounty hunter. <laughs> Bit of a midnight run. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They, so the, the, the two cops fuck off back to the precinct, right? And uh, there was a, like a, a kind of like lower tier detective that was like, you know, Go back and check in again on this guy. And then, uh, you know, they kind of, like, uh, ask for more paperwork. And eventually, like, he's just like, all right, I'm Willie Sutton. You know? <laughs> look at me. And uh, I look good. Do I look like a Charles Grodin? Yeah. They had this huge uh, Charles know, Grodin type. Uh, press conference where, you know, the chief was like, oh, we got him. We got Willie Sutton. and uh, He's pitching for the Mets next week. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, these guys all got uh, promotions to, like, detective and, you know, uh, the cops loved being photographed with Willie Sutton, too, mm-hmm. because he attained kind of a uh, folk-level uh, mm. mythos or whatever. And How many years are we talking, like, of being on the run, like, he was, building up this? At that legend. point, he was he was five years, mm-hmm. five years out uh, of, of uh, breaking out of prison. He broke out of prison? Broke out of prison, yeah. Guys get, that are good into at breaking into banks... Good at breaking out of them. Yeah. That makes sense. But he was really... I what are prisons just but banks for people? <laughs> yeah, it's the people bank. <laughs> People's bank is a thing. Uh, and it was, it was you know, it kind of lost in the shuffle was then uh, Arnold Shuster, the the informant. Mm. And uh, the, like the next day they were like, oh yeah, like, you know, because he was trying to claim some reward that he heard there was like a 70 grand reward for, and it, it turned out that was just not true. Um, but then he kind of like got a little fame in the sun for being, you know, uh, this guy who, you know, the citizen that did the thing that brought him to justice or whatever. But then the family is getting like so many death threats at their house that they changed their phone number, uh, mail, um, you know, and then I think he was walking through the park one day and, uh, he was shot in both eyes. And the balls. Oh, fuck. It was like very... Random accident. <laughs> he fell on him. <laughs> yeah. And it was uh, later, Albert Anastasia would say uh, he ordered the hit just because he was like, I don't like rats. Because he was on TV and everything. Like, he, was, he was living up the, the rat life. Uh, yeah, but it's kind of stood diametrically opposed to like what uh, Willie Sutton was really about. He wouldn't have done that. Oh no! He's classy. He's too classy. Uh, he said he said it haunts him to this day. Uh, you know, in like nineteen fucking sixty something, and he was like, you know, I, I meticulously like planned out all my jobs like so well that it would never uh end in death, and I, this felt like the gods laughing at me. Mm. You know, um, and he he said other things. He was talking to a mafia guy, uh, um. Uh, in prison, and he said he felt like the reign of Capone and Luciano was the bloodiest time, mm. the prohibition time, yeah, yeah, in Chicago, New York, and um, that it was it was just a shame. Uh, this this the same uh, guy from the mafia. Um, he said uh, he he made uh, Dillinger and and Jesse James look like amateurs. Uh, everybody in prison uh, said. Willie Sutton would dole out all of this legal advice. Um, 
and they considered him just like the wise man mm-hmm. in prison. Mm-hmm. And every, everybody, like I said, everybody liked him. Like, everybody. Like, the screws, you know, the fucking the CEOs, whatever, like, the criminals. Um, and these are all bands in prison? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the screws, uh, the rusty nails. Criminals. Yeah, uh, basically, prison guards, basically. Uh-huh. Um, and and uh, the guys in the mafia, like I said, they liked having him around. Uh, he was just chatty, kind of always smoking, you know, and he was helpful mm-hmm. um, and just, you know, charmed everyone. And like, he was like, oh, fuck, like this fucking kid died over me. Like, what a fucking nightmare, you know? Mm. Um, but it was kind of like one of those things where you could see like all these like ruthless people that really like this guy and they're like, this guy's the best, isn't he? Like, who's that fucking guy that ratted him? Let's, let's kill fu- that motherfucker. Yeah. He'd love that. Yeah. Like, oh, let's do this really, for Willie. Yeah. Yeah. You, oh, Willie, what a good guy. Let's go kill someone. Right. Last, th- last thing he wants, you know, he was yeah. like, he you, said, know, you know, Willie would never ask for this. So I say we, we just give it do to it. him. Um, so he was um, born uh, William Francis Sutton Jr. Um, in 1901. Uh, he was raised in Brooklyn, Irish family. Uh, and he, like, I think first, like, with his friends, like, broke into a place. They got caught. It was, you know, maybe, like, 16,000 in merchandise, and they weren't prosecuted. Jeez, back then? That's a shit ton of fun. Yeah. And. Jesus. It's like, you know, it's like three hats and a pair of pants. My buddy, Filled with diamonds. <laughs> my, my buddy Nevin sent me uh, the, the book, which is called Where the Money Was. And. In that. He was. He, <laughs> He was just like, this thing's a fucking, like, a great quick read. Like, you're going to love it. And thank you, Nevin. Um, and uh, it's, 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 a great, it's a great read because it's a guy that is just, like, he, he never, like, wanted to be the thug guy. He just wanted to do these capers. Yeah. And he's more of a he's a fun he's he's the fun guy in the, he, the whole thing. yeah yeah and and you know he would you know a lot of times when he would go down it was because he was paired up with some guy that was doing something fucking stupid or you know he was paired he, up with a Charles Grodin uh, yeah <laughs> type, um, type type and he kind of you know he kind of lives like this this false double life he gets married to a woman he's telling her that like you know he's in like printing or something and. He, money. He's yeah. He's got so he's got so much of of uh, stolen money that he is like renting an office and going to work every day. But he's just planning out jobs. Wow. And a lot of a lot of the thing was um, just hanging around the bank watching, and it was just like, let's see what happens here at this time. Yeah. yeah. And um, then uh, he was he was known as Slick Willie and the actor. Uh, because you, it, a lot of times it was just like wearing the right uniform is all it fucking takes. Mm-hmm. You're pretending like you belong. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And just seeing like where uh, the small kind of like pauses are. Um, you know, he, he'd have a thing where like he'd uh, he'd come in and then uh, he'd have some like, you know, like a, a delivery uniform on or, or a mail uniform. And bringing bring milk in. And he would just, you know, He'd have like a little submachine gun, and uh, it would never load it. Oh, he said I didn't want to hurt anybody, and and he he had another great quote, which was, um, "You can't rob banks on charm. <laughs> like you basically have to have a gun." Mm. But he would 
would go in and then he, he would, you know, just kind of like go to the garden and be like, all right, here's the deal, man. It's bank robbery time. <laughs> and that would that would be uh, that would be opening. Right. And this is on, you know, a busy Manhattan mm-hmm. street. And so he kind of realized the whole thing is like make everything look like it's as normal from the mm-hmm. outside as possible. So then the guard is just instructed to keep opening the doors during opening for everyone, mm-hmm. every employee. And then they're just led to a room. And <laughs> is it a sweepstakes? <laughs> you know, you could get a prize and they get tied a, up, a and, bullet show, you know, that sort of thing. And, uh, one, one of, you know, one of the people that was in a bank robbery said it was like, it was like going to the movies, except the usher has a gun. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I would right love way, to right be robbed way? again. Was excuse me, you write this way, please. Oh yeah, the show's about to begin. Yeah, and and, I, and I, you're the actor. And um, is that Charles Grodin? You know, uh, one of the things was uh, like there was in one in one of them just fucking cracked me up so much. It was there was painters in in uh, doing a job in the bank. They all get let in, and while he's robbing the bank, you know, with his buddies like doing like the safe cracking or whatever. He's like joking with the painters. He's like, "You guys in the union, you guys are the real thieves." <laughs> like, <laughs> like, Man, my job was like watching paint dry. And like, <laughs> boring. And, and like everybody's laughing. Like everybody's kind of having a good time. Yeah. Um, well, they like, would do that with like. Well, that would be with Jesse James. They would give him hell, Jesse. Like as they're robbing the bank, or was oh that no, that was, that, that was on the way to rob the bank. It, it. it would say, uh, "Give him hell, Jesse." Right. Um, he, uh, Banks notoriously unpopular. Willie Sutton, uh, <laughs> yeah, he did maintain some of that kind of thing. But don't forget, like this is the Great Depression and stuff, right? Um, you know, well, not when he's robbing the bank. That's the best time to be there, right? Right? right. Yeah, so, exactly. There's like a little kid that comes up. He's like, Mister Criminal. When I grow up, I yeah. want to rob banks. Oh yeah, uh, uh, rustling his like hair you. because he had um uh like Irish American roots uh, at the time, like uh. Kids would chant his name during the St. Patrick's Day parade. That's great. Like, he was immensely popular. Like, and everybody just saw him as like this kind of like you know. Was he dressed like the guy who's like on the 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 bar sign for Cheers? <laughs> like a top hat and like tuxedo with tails. Aaron, not far off at all. He kind of had the pencil mustache. Yeah, even yeah, um, digging it. Yeah, and just you know impeccably dressed and. Uh, Really meticulously, you know, uh, planning these robberies. And (laughs) there's a thing where um, there's this bizarre kind of uh, legacy to his thing where uh, some reporter allegedly asked him, um, why do you rob banks? And he said, because it's where the money Money is. is. Right. Yeah. And then that became known as the Willie Sutton rule in medicine, which was like, stop looking for like inaccurate things or, or like, uh, like obscure diagnoses, obscure diagnoses yeah, yeah. and go for the most likely one yeah, yeah. and completely rule it out. Yeah. Right. And this, like, this man, he, he didn't slip and fall on a bottle. <laughs> he shoved it up his ass. <laughs> the Willie Sutton ass. He shoved it up his ass, Your Honor. Uh, but yeah, they've applied it to like, like finance, like mm-hmm. the Willie Sutton rule. Mm-hmm. Like just like if it seemed like keep it simple. Go for yeah, 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 go for the obvious one first. And um, you know, Willie Sutton got to kind of see this play out, uh, having, having like his all regular fame, but then like fame where it gets into like. 
academic like academic shit. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And um he goes Now uh, who's Robin Who? You know? <laughs> and he, he just, wait, wait, with these textbook prices? Jesus. He he just said, um, you know, uh and, and this this is this is the the great thing about Willie Sutton too. Uh he goes the irony of using a bank robber's maxim as an instrument for teaching medicine is compounded, I will not confess, <sighs> by the fact that I never said it. <laughs> ah. He goes, the credit belongs to some enterprising reporter who apparently felt a need to fill out his copy. Mm. I can't even remember where I first read it. Uh, it just seemed to appear one day, and then it was everywhere. If anybody had asked me, I'd probably have said it. That's what almost anybody would say. It couldn't be more obvious. Yeah. <laughs> And then he elaborated uh, where he goes, why did I rob banks? Because I enjoyed it. I loved it. I was more alive when I was inside a bank robbing it than in any other time in my life. I enjoyed everything about it so much that one or two weeks later, I'd be out looking for the next job. But to me, the money was chips. That's all. It was the, so, yeah. The, what was the juice? The action. The action. <laughs> yeah. Like, he just fucking loved robbing banks. <laughs> you know? And... uh why do you rob banks, Willie? That's where the juice is. <laughs> the who? No, no, no. The what? <laughs> the juice. It's how I come, you see. Is it loose? <laughs> uh, but yeah, uh, he... Um, this guy, uh, Donald Franco's, was, was the, the mafia guy that was in prison with him. And uh, he, uh, he said he was a little bright-eyed guy, just 5'7", always talking, chain-smoking. Uh, Bill Durham like rolled tobacco mm. and um, like endless legal advice to people in prison. Um, and uh, he was in the Tombs, which is the Manhattan uh, thing, Victorious, and that's yes. that's where he was uh, protected by the mafia guys. They all liked having him around. Um, and he uh, he was everybody just knew he was nonviolent and he was funny. Um, they said, uh, he was like, he would just like read like Schopenhauer and stuff. Like he was, he was a brilliant man. Yeah. Like, very, very smart. Um, he, uh, it was usually like a, a pistol or a Thompson that he would, he would rob a bank with. And, uh, he, uh, he, yeah, he said just before death that they were never loaded. Like, oh, would, just as he's like, like uh, out. Also, there was a readers. I never had him loaded. Uh. They interviewed him in Reader's Digest, and they were like, they were like, so this is now like sixty-five or seventy, when he dies. Uh, I think he lived all the way to eighty. Jesus. So like, whoa, one whoa, of whoa, our whoa, moms whoa. is reading Reader's Digest. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. Uh, he was born nineteen oh one. Yeah, yeah. Um, and so the, like the legend about him kind of grew to this thing where he was seen as like this Robin Hood, even though he wasn't giving the money away, and he was keeping the money. You know what I mean? But, you know, everybody liked seeing these people kind of get screwed. And that was the only thing he was really like. He did have that attitude of like, fuck Wall Street and fuck the banks. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, but they. But also, fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, he, he learned, earned the legend of never robbing a bank where a woman screamed or a baby cried. He would just leave? No. It, no, just like it wasn't, it wasn't that type of. It wasn't that type of robbery. It's not that type of show. Mm. <laughs> yeah, those guys painted every room while he was there. They had a great time. Uh, so he was captured in 1931, um, and he was charged with assault and robbery. Uh, the battery was how he got caught. <laughs> with the kid. Yeah. Changing the battery. <laughs> and he was sentenced for 30 years. And on December 11th and 32, uh, there's a gun smuggled in. 
holds a prison guard hostage. Um, he gets a uh, with the guard as kind of leverage a forty five foot ladder. <laughs> and uh, sorry, Dave, you're only worth a forty five. And uh, the prison wall is thirty feet, right? Oh. Um, and then on his deathbed, he revealed that the gun was never loaded, <laughs> and, and the ladder didn't exist. Yeah. Uh, so he um he then is is back to bank robbing. Right, he's there for a year. Yeah, he was there for like no time at all. Uh, gets out right away. I mean, yeah, you know, it's the '30s, man. Yeah, ah, uh, fuck, he's gone. Yeah, anyways, they're like okay. walls and guns, that'll do it. And you're like, well, this guy's reading Schopenhauer over oh, yes. here. Come on, you know what I mean? <laughs> Maybe we'll see a good-looking criminal at some point. <laughs> the real prison is the one you're all inside in your mind. Yeah. Right? <laughs> walls can't contain me. Oh, that was another great quote of his. Um, don't serve time, let time serve you. Oh, that's that. That's quite good. I mean, I mean, what a fucking <laughs> that's show. That's reading Schopenhauer. Yeah, it was like <laughs> or Yogi Berra, one of the other. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But it was, I guess, the kind of thing of like, yeah, man, study. Yeah, go like learn your shit, you know. Right. Um, and uh, he was called also the Babe Ruth, Babe Ruth of bank robbing, which is wonderful alliteration. Mm-hmm. I love. Uh, Babe Ruth, yeah, yeah, the Babe, Ruth ba- of Babe Ruth of bank robbing. Ooh, it's a, uh, it's, it's kind of got a. It's even more than alliteration. It's uh, it's poetic. It's poetic. Yeah, yeah. it's got a. Well, it's yeah. your classic brbr. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm the Babe Ruth of the bedroom loaf. Uh, <laughs> I'm gonna give that what? one to you too. Why was he <laughs> Babe Ruth of the bedroom, pretty good. <laughs> Why was he English? <laughs> oh yeah, no, yeah, it doesn't make any sense. Um. So he's uh, in, in 1933. He's uh, trying to rob the Corn Exchange Bank. I'm sorry, the the Corn Exchange Bank. Oh, that's where you exchange your corn for. It's run by Colonel Mustard. <laughs> <laughs> you mean Cornhole Mustard? Oh God! <laughs> oh, God. I love me some Cornhole Mustard. <laughs> cornhole Mustard. <laughs> uh, uh, so he's trying to rob them in Philadelphia, and uh, he comes in disguised as the mailman. And uh, some, oh, the mailman's here, Carmelo. <laughs> <laughs> so some guy uh, going by, uh, he he sees some going on, and he uh, he raises the alarm. Uh, Willie escapes uh, uh, in January fifteenth, thirty four. Uh, two guys coming through the same bank through a skylight. Ooh, I love a skylight um, robbery, and. Skylights. He did, he did a one jewelry store in broad daylight disguised as a mailman. Um, uh, sometimes he would show up dressed as a cop, which must have been a real kick in the balls. <laughs> uh, maintenance guy, uh, 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 like a letter messenger, mm-hmm. you know. Um, yeah, I mean, this, this is a guy who knew how to shop for uniforms, is what you're saying. This guy knew how to shop for any sort of clothes, <laughs> yeah, I clearly. Guess, I, I guess so, right? uh, Yeah, well, I mean, that's why they circulated his shit to tailors. <laughs> like, he's like, I've never seen a post office worker with tailored uniforms. Is this an ad or a wanted post? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> this guy looks great. Can you make he, me look like him? He's wanted by me. <laughs> Wait a <Ouch>. second. <laughs> Ouch. Man, that fucking janitor's done his measurements. <laughs> It's, really, it's pretty snazzy. Um, well, that's not a janitor. That's a custodian. <laughs> but a big part of his thing was, uh, yeah, showing up right before opening. And then just, you know, getting somebody to open the door because uh, there's some uh, kind of business. and uh, it's very important business. Just showing the gun. And uh, he was uh, captured on February 5th to 34, sentenced to 25 to 50 in the Eastern State Penitentiary in uh, Philadelphia. For uh, the the robbery of the corn exchange bank, um, 
And now we go all the way to 1945. He's in jail for mm-hmm. 13 years or yeah. 11. Yeah, that's the kind of thing, too. It's like some people said, like, you know, despite, like, Babe Ruth was a bank robbing, like, most of his adult life in prison. Right. right. <laughs> right. It's more like the Ted Williams. It's like, yeah, Ted, you know, was in the war for, like, four years. So, like, prime of his batting life lost. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Serving, been, serving his country. He could have been robbing all kinds of things. I mean, the prime of his career, yeah. he's behind bars. Yeah. I mean, oh, he could have robbed Fort Knox. Uh, but he's letting time serve him. That's right. Uh, and uh, April 3rd, 45, uh, he's one of a dozen convicts uh, who uh, escaped through a tunnel. Uh, they break through uh, to, to the other side during uh, daylight, and they're spotted immediately by the police. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, they're all quickly captured. Um, You're saying, they uh, did they do a circle, or were they... Yeah, did they just dig themselves right back around to the... <laughs> no, they got out. Okay. Well, that's because this guy was Red smart. Schopenhauer, yeah, yeah, I get it, yeah. <laughs> apparently, apparently he got to read Schopenhauer to not dig in a circle. It's probably some other philosopher who got that. <laughs> Confucius. <laughs> Confucius say, dig straight. Um, so now he's sentenced to life f- mm. as a fourth-time offender, mm. transferred to uh, Philadelphia County Prison, um... And uh, in February 10th, 47, him and other prisoners dressed as prison guards. <laughs> Carry- now you guys are the prisoners. <laughs> get these guys. <laughs> we, we should get them. It's the Spider-Man meme. They're all pointing at each other. Yeah. I love you guys. <laughs> Prisoner three. Uh. <laughs> Inmate three. Yeah. <laughs> He's got his own locker. Uh, the uh, <laughs> doesn't exist. He's got his own bobblehead. They carry two ladders again. Ladders. Well, what else are you gonna use? I know, but just the skyjacks, the skilly, scissors yeah. lifts, yeah. the silliest thing to like, ladders to get That's out how you with. Get out. It's like such a fucking prop. No, they didn't have helicopters back then. You know? um, Wasn't some. They uh they carry uh ladders. Helicopters suck. To the prison yard after dark, so they must have just got through uh without any kind of like violence or hostage taking or anything. And That's ladders for you. And then there's the, the, it's so it's dark now, but they got the prison searchlight out. And so the searchlight has hits Willie halfway up a ladder going over the prison wall, and he just goes, "It's all right." I was here, <laughs> and then the searchlight goes away. Right, so they is he it dressed was as a as prison a guard? guard? Oh yeah, it's all right. Yeah, it's all right. They're like, damn, this guy looks good climbing. Oh man, who is that is guy? New? Looks like he should be there. Is he new? The last yeah. thing I want to want to do is disturb that important man <laughs> during his important business. Oh, I'm fired. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, exactly. It's all right. So at this point, uh, Dave. Should, everybody should use that. They, I'm he's, all right. He's, he's, yeah. It's okay these days. <laughs> Fine. You're into that sort of thing. <laughs> I'm into ladder play. <laughs> uh, they, uh, they, I think they have like, he's on the first FBI's 10 most wanted fugitives list in 50. Nice. Uh, and like, that's the, like, whatever. We're, we're at like already three years later. Well, that's a public list. The private list was Herbert Hoover's. Uh, not Hoover. No, yeah. Egg, Jay Hager. <laughs> His, uh, Herbert, Herbert Hoover's most wanted list was a tent. <laughs> yeah. It was another wife. Um, uh, but yeah, he, you know, he was back out in that large for five years. You know, fake identities and 
just back to Robin Banks. So he, he just couldn't give it up. Oh, yeah. No, no. Yeah, he was, presumably had enough money to go on living. Well, not after he got out of jail, I imagine. Well, I mean, you stole it away somewhere. Well, well he didn't keep his money like, in the You know, wherever that Shawshank guy put his money by a tree or whatever. Yeah, by yeah. a volcanic rock in Maine. That's a good place yeah. to put money, yeah. you know? You don't, he's, for him, again, the action is the Jews, mm-hmm. not the dead presidents. Um, they don't. He, he seem he might be addicted. So in his in his yeah. first in his first uh, stint in prison, he had been uh, married to uh, this this woman uh, Louise Ludeman, and uh, she divorced him while he was incarcerated. I believe like four years later, um, their daughter was born the next year. Um, mm. Wait, their daughter was born four years after he was incarcerated. The next year, I mean the year after. I mean. She, Maybe they're doing conjugals. I don't know, you know? Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, and so he married uh, his second wife, Olga Kowalski, in 1933. Nice. Um, his only time legally employed lasted for 18 months. And he worked at a bank. Tinker <laughs> Taylor Soldier Spy. Uh, Emphasis on Taylor. <laughs> yeah, uh, but they, you know... Um, they like, like I think when you know when he was first caught, like I said, like his first wife, like he was like, I'm fucking not out here robbing banks. He was told like, so they she, got me all wrong. Yeah, she, yeah. she, she kind of like you know, stuck around for a long time, considering like yeah, three years of conjugal visits. Thought you had a regular yeah. fucking job, you know what I mean? Well, he did. He had an office. It's just the office was full of bank yeah. plans, and he didn't work at a bank. It's um, an honest living. He worked <laughs> at a bank. <laughs> Different ones. Yeah. But yeah, he, so you know he's he, he's back in prison then, and uh, he uh, eventually, you know, with the prison escapes and all of the bank robberies, he's got like a hundred and five years plus like two life sentences, which is fucking insane for nonviolent crimes. Yeah. Totally nonviolent crimes. Yeah. Like fucking delirious. You know, I mean, he's still delivering the mail when he's dressed in that. <laughs> yeah, I only have one letter in this sack. It says, <laughs> "Stick him cool. up." <laughs> <laughs> Tell that bitch to be cool. <laughs> be cool. All right, let's take a little break again, and then I'm I'm, I'm going to wrap this up. It's uh, it's it's a, it's a very very sweet story. Wow. Um, well, but he sounds like a very sweet man. He's a sweet you. The old bank robber was a sweet man. <laughs> Your assailant sounds like a sweet. <laughs> yeah. All right, folks, we'll be right back. And we're back. Mm. So we're in sudden death. We are. We're in sudden death. Nice. Uh, nice. <clears throat> you know, Willie's in prison, uh, 105 years. Uh, sentence to go. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Plus, he has not served that long for the record. That we know. Plus the record a, show. Plus a life sentence. And uh say who's life. One of one of the judges that presided over uh, his trial um over uh the 1950 robbery of $64,000 um nice. This is in the 50s in a pyramid. Uh I, I I think I think his total in life was 2 million stole. 
Fuck. Which in old money is pretty severe. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, split amongst the guys, whatever, you know. Well, there's no gold standard back then. Uh, well, wait, mean, no, there was a, there, there was there was a gold, gold standard, standard, and the FDIC <laughs> was put in place for most of these robberies. Uh, during uh, after the after the depression, depression. Yeah. and so most of his robberies were after that. So I mean, mm-hmm. you're robbing insured money. Yeah, you're yeah you're robbing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and uh, there's no victims here. There's no, <laughs> no babies crying. There's no women screaming. Right. Um, it's just a guy who doesn't have to deliver mail for a day. For for that one, uh, after after he was he was caught, um, he got a sentence of thirty to one hundred and twenty, which is very loose. We'll see how you how it goes in Attica. Okay. Oh boy. Oh. Um, that same judge in the December of '69, fast forward quite a few years, uh, ruled that uh, Sutton's good behavior, along with his deteriorating health, um, justified commuting his sentence to time served. Also, he made me a beautiful pie. Mm-hmm. Uh, he cut me this wonderful <laughs> shawl. Yeah. yeah. My, uh, my my jurist's robes have never fit better. <laughs> <laughs> my wig has never fit snugger. Uh, <laughs> he had emphysema. He had uh, some uh, yeah, the chain smoke and uh, like some like artery yeah. arteries in his leg or something it's like from that. all them ladders. Yeah, yeah. he got them. He's got ladders climbing foot. Well, you also have to. I mean, a guy like that. Everybody in prison liked him. Like this guy never had to pay for a cigarette in prison his whole oh, life. Oh, he had uh, smokers every, long and ladder climbers. <laughs> every, everybody, everybody liked him, <laughs> yeah. including like they said, especially they, they, Marlboro. They said the cops liked to be photographed of him. Uh, you know when he was caught or whatever. Uh, clearly, this fucking judge liked him. Um. Everybody liked Willie Sutton. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, when when uh, he heard, when Sutton heard, uh, he, he was crying and he said, thank you, Your Honor, God bless you. And how old is he at this point? He 68? Be, yeah, exactly. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, not, uh, so, not Robin Banks anymore. Or? But he, no, actually, it's, it, it, it's, it's, it's really kind of dope. Um Sperm banks. <laughs> yeah. He makes deposits now. <laughs> the only bank you can yeah. trust. Yeah. <laughs> That's what the DIC means. Yeah. Oh, God. <laughs> F-dick. You know, sperm banks are kind of like prisons. They're like people, people banks. <laughs> you know? uh, he, he would uh, do the thing we were they saying. They have ATMs? <laughs> you, he, they he, got Batman there. He would do the thing we were saying uh, Wagman should do for the phone company. Yeah. Consult them on anti-theft techniques. And That's what he started doing? He started doing and delivering uh, uh, lectures on prison reform. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, wow. He actually did a TV commercial for the New Britain Bank and Trust Company in Connecticut for their credit card with picture ID. Um, Take it from me. Charles Grodin. <laughs> Type. Yeah. Uh, he said, they call it the face card. Now when I say I'm Willie Sutton, people believe me. <laughs> and he's, what, 70 or something now? Yeah. Uh, yeah. When That's he, crazy. When he's doing this, yeah. And then the amount, like, all that money big... that he had, imagine all that money he had stowed away that he never got to touch. Well, how do you know he stowed it away? Well, he had to do a credit card commercial. What do you mean he had to? So he didn't stow it away, you're saying? Yeah. Right. Yes, yeah, I'm saying, yeah, yeah. imagine before if he all had that, it if away. he, or he did. How do you know? You're just he assuming. He didn't spend it all. He's buying all these suits. Dude. How much does a male what suit I'm saying cost? But a lot of it probably got seized, is my point. Sure, I'm sure he, lo- yeah. he lost a lot of or, it. Or it was left with some other robber that fucked it up and lost right. it. Right, yeah. yeah. Ma- and he put it in a mattress. Like, oh, and he, he all that it- money he could have, yes. ca- you know. Yes. Ca- and, and, and like, don't forget, like he was saying too, like, 
you know, the money was just the chips. So it was like, you know, the one, the one, the one thing he had was uh, buying robbery supplies, yeah. like like outfits, mm-hmm. yeah. and also he the the one vice he had was fancy suits, yeah, which are also outfits. I mean, yes. He's uh, a bit of a dandy. Yeah, I mean, really, it, it, it seems like all he really wanted to do was just dress play dress up. up. Yeah, and he wasn't really like carousing, like you know, like like doing any big no, drinking no. or stuff, which is nuts because he's Irish. Uh, uh, <laughs> but he is a criminal. So. <laughs> no, so something not too far. From but he's me. a smooth. Criminal. The shit fits. <laughs> uh, a moonwalker, if you will. <laughs> so yeah, he he was let out actually on Christmas Eve in 1969, which is really sweet. Mm. And um, did he, he have a wife at this point, Olga? Kowalski? I believe He's dead. Oh. <laughs> I'm not sure, but he 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 uh, moved to his sister's in Spring Hill, Florida. Yeah. Spent his last years there. Uh, he he would go to the Spring Hill restaurant where he was just kind of a loner, and then they uh, buried him in the family plot in in Brooklyn. Every day at the restaurant, he's like, "Yeah, I could just dress up as a cook and rob this place. Everything they got." But yeah, uh, just you know, a fucking just like a. Sweet little strange man. I like robbing banks. It's what I do, and yeah. what I do is rob banks. Yeah, mm-hmm. uh, but yeah. boy, I love robbing banks. Yeah, I, you know, I, it just seems like he kind of figured out what he wanted to do, and just uh, let him do it. <laughs> just it's, how many people did he hurt, and how many people did he bring joy? It's it's like those, uh, uh, you know, this the plot of Blazing Saddles, or some of those like old folks. Uh, the communities in in, uh, in some places in Europe where they have like the fake bus stop, right? Oh, yeah, just let them sit there. Yeah, or, like, yeah. The fake, it's like just will someone just build this man a fake bank just so he can rob it? But there's a day thing, in, <laughs> day out. Just, there's a thing there too, though, where I think you know he's um you know a lot of his reputation comes from uh, uh, incarceration because it's uh, when he didn't need to keep a low profile. You know, yeah, it, it, sure. It's one of those then things. he could be honest about everything. Then you could be like, all right, yeah, here's the deal, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, and, you're you know. right, you're right. That was me. Yeah. That was me, too. But, you know, then you kind of socialize, right? And that's with cops, uh, robbers, anybody. Yeah. Um, so he can kind of be himself more, you know? Otherwise, it's like, you know. And his self was quite charismatic. Yes. Otherwise, it's this very cloak and dagger thing. But that's why it's so cool reading the book. Um, because you're kind of a long... For the ride, and he's quite a gifted storyteller. Mm-hmm. Um, Char- a real charmer. Yeah, yeah. But, like, you know, also, like, it's just, like, one of those things, too, where, like, you're, like, kind of seeing, like, a, a, a first-person view of a guy that's, like, really committed to doing a good job, but, but like, knowing his accomplices, like, are kind of fuck-ups, you know? Mm-hmm. And then kind of like even trying to like watch them and babysit them. Right, right. Make sure they I'm don't surrounded try. by idiots. So they don't fuck his shit up or whatever. Yeah, well, then they don't like, you know, hurt anybody in the on the, in the job. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, for the most part, well, you know, I think he wouldn't even get involved if it was anywhere near like a fucking pretty boy Floyd. His sure, somebody he couldn't trust. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but... Most of the time, it seems in, in the book, it's... it's, it's uh, Something like that, that leads to the downfall. Uh, something with one of the accomplices, mm-hmm. but that makes sense. You know, it's why Batman works alone. Yeah. Or Superman but, works alone. Like, it was one of those things of like, you know, you gotta have a crew. You know, 
Wait, was it did did he say ever say anything in the book about like uh um some inspiration he had like 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 uh, other criminals he looked up to or or you no, know yeah cuz you know cuz his story of 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 robbing and being liked by the public is you know pretty boy floyd you know there lots of songs written you know about him sure, Jesse yeah. James too you know the whole thing was they would rob these banks and then they would you know in the stories not Fight it out with the cops and well, no, they would they would they would burn all the mortgage documents in the bank and sure, and they yeah. would hide out. In then the, you go in, back to Robin Hood, the or Joaquin Marietta. Like, yeah. there's always well, yeah, the, they were saying the public had a, a more um, fascination than a fear of. Right. Yeah, he a, seems a, even even less of a folk hero and more just uh, wow, this guy's really meticulous. Yeah, you know, like the other people are heroes, and he is, um, uh, I think, an item of fascination. Yeah, he's not swashbuckling. Yeah, he, he's not uh, right going in because he's not doling out the money. Right, right. It's yeah. just, he's just very good at his job. Right, and there's a thing there too where, like, you know, there's no nobody on the running boards of of. The car with a machine gun driving away. Like, it doesn't have... Right, they're not firing in the crowd. I believe you, but my Tommy gun don't. (laughs) All that bullshit, but, like... There was a thing, you know, he... he, You know, he just talks about, like, in the... Like, the the book, like, he was... Incredibly devoted to his mom, you know. uh, His dad was, like, always working as, like, a blacksmith or something. Um, And, uh, you know, five kids, and just, like, you're in Brooklyn, and, like... Yeah. You're gonna find trouble, I guess. You know, um, but he apparently was raised like enough to be like, "Fucking don't spread harm, but you don't have to." You know, um, there's morality there. Yeah, um, but you know, I think uh, I guess the poor upbringing had a lot to do with it. You know, mm. um, I don't know. Uh, he was a fascinating character, but he yeah he wrote two books also too. So I think in addition to, you know the kind of uh, <clears throat> the counseling uh, the banks on theft hmm. and all that like, what were were the two books just based like were they autobiographies or was one yeah there's one called I Willie Sutton and there's another one called Where the Money Was, <laughs> which is great because it's not even it his quote nice. right, but also uh, it's part of the mythos you know oh yeah it's amazing um but, I mean um. What was, do you remember, like, his first one? His first one was, like like I said, look, it was a group of kids, and they weren't prostituted. Right, that's right. Yeah. It was, that's right. That's his, uh, yeah, okay. So they were prostituted. Yeah. And so probably they did that a few times, and a little bit of a rush, and then all of a sudden you're 16, 18. And... Yeah, and then he kind of had, like, his first, um, you know, like, uh, uh, employed jobs. And it was one of those things where he just had the mind to be like, <laughs> "I'm getting paid to stake this place out." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. It was it was really exactly that. And he was just like seeing the the, the cracks in the codes and just being mm-hmm. like, "All right, well." Especially when there's such a a uh, a pronounced division of the have and have nots. Mm-hmm. Yeah. If you get a job at some place and you're six, you're you're in your 20s in yeah. the 20s or like you know when his first thing was it when 31 or something like that or yeah, yeah. In the 30, like so you know he's he's 
getting into his late 20s during like as a depression hits yeah yeah or or even if you're in the 20s and you see just like that gilded age wealth gap for sure and like you got a job like this motherfucker's running this place and he has all the money and where's it more pronounced than like new york at the time yeah you see all these flappers and the guys with the cheers hats like and and, i'm gonna rob these people and also who am i hurting nobody except one guy who has too much shit anyways and uh the idea of uh you know it's kind of pronounced uh Pretty beautifully by uh, uh, what's his name in uh, in The Wire, where he's talking about I appreciate the mind that thinks it's smarter than me. It's it's coming from the cop perspective. Oh yeah, uh, sure, sure. And he's saying like you know I I love kind of you know dealing with that. Like it's like it's kind of like an intellectual challenge mm-hmm. to be like Freeman or um, I don't, don't worry about it. Yeah, uh, whoever. Uh, God, I can't remember. God, but he, he was—he was just like explaining to his wife. He's like, "I love actual police work because oh, because okay. of because of the intellectual challenge, and I know that the criminal I'm facing loves being two steps ahead of me." Mm-hmm. And I—I I think from Willie's perspective, there was a thing of like, "Oh, you have all this shit, and I don't, but I'm smarter than you." Right. So right. guess what? <laughs> you know. Wait, I, 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 all I got to do is have a prop mailman outfit and an unloaded gun. And all these walls come tumbling down. <laughs> yeah. And like, it, is, it is a great thing, too, because, like, it, 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 I guess, you know, it becomes an American folk hero because Americans are, like, you know, uh, come to this country and if you've got the stuff, you can make it. So when somebody has or the— Or at least break it. Yeah. <laughs> so when somebody has the stuff and makes it, like— or take it? Or, like, yeah, it's one of those things where we go, like, Oh man. All right. Yeah. Um there's there's just something very, very alluring about it. You know? Or at least there was that. At least there was that attitude. Well now it's, it's like, ah, we don't want <laughs> you know, they've got this there's this narrative that like poor dumb immigrants come to this country and they scale walls and jump over rivers to take your job. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, well, right. Yeah. Shouldn't they if that's the case, yeah, don't they deserve it? Or yeah. like the yeah, I, yeah. I think it was um you just you were just born. Here. It might have been like not why co- do you want to go to America? It's where the money is. <laughs> yeah, it wasn't Kyle Kinane. It was Rory Scovel that said like, you know, the people that believe that like uh, Barack Obama who's is Kenyan, but yeah, faking to be uh, from Hawaii, it. and then he all his way through Harvard and got to the presidency. Like, well then. I mean, doesn't he sort of deserve it? Yeah. Shouldn't you be impressed? Yeah. He should be president of Kenya, too. Yeah. <laughs> Can you dig it? Let's give him a few more. <laughs> I don't know. What do you think? Yeah. Uh, yeah, there's, you know, there's just something really, really cool and very, very sweet about, you know, he doesn't even sulk when he's caught. Right. You know, like, he's not even, like, but but a brat about it. To, to He's also going to prison like in the north as a white. Like it's it's a different. It's not. No, dude. He's going to Attica and the tombs. Like he's going to. They're bad. I mean, it's prison's bad. Period. End of story. But it's not Alabama in the. Well, but that 50s. I mean that ties, that ties into so you know it's a, it it's just not it's not he's not a. Like I'm just picturing like the difference between like, but like you said, Shawshank that- and life. 
Uh huh. Yeah. I'm just picturing the different. Oh, like like yeah. Portrayals of prison from Shawshank Redemption to life featuring Eddie Murphy. But that ties into the the last thing you were saying. Like in America, there are these stories of the self-made man and and uh, the the person you know the Jesse James and the Pretty Boy Floyd. Yeah. And is it a coincidence that they're all white people? No. There's, well, there a, are, there's a reason that Barack Obama yeah. was a secret Kenyan who who tricked his way into the presidency. Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, a fat liar who yeah. isn't actually rich. All right, sure, but in fairness, but, but, I mean, fairness, what's the difference there? In fairness, though, I mean, you know, uh, whatever, you know, Frank Lucas and American Gangster. There's still something there where we, there's, where, yeah, there's that. Yes, yes. Where we go? There like, is, but what his story is not celebrated even the same way. As well, I think I think I, th- I think though the spirit behind it is absolutely similar. If you yeah. can't well, if, be, if, because if, of if the, you can't get it, go get it. And if you do and you succeed, and everybody's against you, right. there's something about it we like. And that's what everybody you know they come to America because that is the, that is the belief of you could show up in America and you just do the 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 good job, whatever that job. Right. And is, I think and you have that an even that mythology is like the the. The shutter on that is slow. Is is it is shrinking? Condense. It's shrinking. Shrink. That iris Absolutely. is shrinking yeah. around James Bond. Turn it. You know, like right. that's. What, what we is, now the, the walls are closing in. It, it, it is becoming the Wolf of Wall Street instead of uh, Jesse James Rob from the Rich. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That's another thing too. Yeah, it's just like you know, uh, what a plucky, what a plucky upstart <laughs> that Wolf of Wall Street. I mean, but there's I'm, not, I'm not saying that's the point of the movie, but that's it. It's how it's uh, some people. The yeah. wrong, that's how it's the incorrect yeah. interpretation of the movie. Mm-hmm. It's uh, the same people that I think Scarface is like a fucking exactly yeah rags to riches story yeah no but stop it. <laughs> I know. mean, it is a rags to riches story, but it's also about a terrible person that you should never lionize. Of course, yeah, yeah. It is. You're right. It is a rags to riches story, <laughs> but it is a rags to riches cautionary tale. Yes, yes. All right, but we're just so kind of enamored with that dream that any way you get it, you're kind of like. Sick, bro. Right. The world is yours. And yeah. TikTok, I mean, the, there's this desperation. I mean, if there was some sort of uh, a social uh, 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 pad, you know, at the bottom, right, there wouldn't, there's a desperation to like, well, if I can just get a million dollars, everything will be fine. And then you, the people win the lottery, and then they fucking just go insane. Well, that's because oh. people that play the lottery. Well, yes, of course, that's true. You shouldn't have money. It's something that selects itself. You're, it's you're a right. tax on it's, the stupid. It's, it's the Nigerian <laughs> scam email. Of, yeah. yeah, there's two. There's two things. But also, listen, I would love to win the lottery. Yes, so. if you're listening, yeah. huh? there's two things that kind of uh, go like Mr. Powerball, uh, <laughs> Johnny Powerball, Mr. Powerballs, uh, <laughs> sir, <laughs> man, let loose on me. Uh, this is like fucking like well, what a fucking HBO endorsement this is gonna be, but there's two things that you know the people that would like you know kind of thwart the system. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know the the mentality behind it is like uh the one where you know Tony Soprano's in the fucking uh, shrink chair and he's going like he's like oh, what the fuck what, what do you think with the Rockefellers. But like they weren't like gangsters in some way, like yeah, of course, yeah, you know. Um, and then uh, in fucking Game of Thrones, Braun has a thing. He goes like, he's like every name in every house started with a thug, mm-hmm. yeah, you know. So like, 
you can vilify me all you want, but like I'm just trying to grab a piece of the action. And, well, you, and, and the people that grabbed all the action early have set up systems to keep them having it. Yeah. Yes, so like, yes. and, you, and yeah. to where they write the rule to where they're not thugs anymore. Right. Exactly. They're rule makers. Yeah. You know, Congress is. They no, keep out rule breakers. I mean, right. Congress is inside trading. I mean, it, it's, it's right. It's simple you're as that. Re, they're, you know, states are rewriting their, you know, they're, they're, they're electing secretaries of state who are going to be favorable to certain types of people voting and not others so that it's not technically illegal. Right. To repress certain people's votes, you know. Yeah, well, and especially you know when when it's terrifying. Am- it's not illegal when we do it. When when America is created, it's uh, it's this plucky upstart, and it's the new world. Mm-hmm. And what the what the what, the whole thing about the new world is like? Well, there's all this land here we can take, <laughs> and all these red people. <laughs> and there's no one. There's no one on it once we kill all of them. Uh-huh. Yeah. It's like you know, the the whole mythos of America is just based on this idea that like it's the new world and no one's there. But no, there were there were yeah. people here. Mm-hmm. And yeah. they're still here and the- Right, we just got to get rid of them and All then right. no one's there. Yeah. And now I can make my money. Yeah. And so the you know wide the, open. The the They don't oh, know we're insane. They don't know what money is. <laughs> yeah. yeah. All the railroad folks They are- can't be bought. <laughs> The railroad folks are just doing that, but they're just doing it on the second level, which is doing it to the people who are quote-unquote Americans. Yeah, they're just yeah. doing it on the next day. Right. Yeah. They insulated themselves from the crime of the genocide. <laughs> right. You, what you do is you let the desperate people kill the more desperate right. And then you just you, you, abuse, you abuse them, yeah. and then you're fine. Yeah, but like, it's, it's weird, too. Or like he's, he's telling this guy in the mafia, by the way, like Lucchese family, that... He's like, man, I look back on that 20s and 30s shit, and it was just so bloody. And he's just saying this in prison, being like, like, like what a shame. Hmm. The same way the kid that, you know, fucking snitched on me, like, whatever, like, I got caught. He didn't deserve like, to get uh, his uh, eyes and balls yeah. shot. Oh, yeah, he, he said, like, he, Maybe he, goes, he goes, like, a promising young man lost his life. Trying to do the right thing. Over yeah. me. Yeah. And, like, oh, like, unfair, you know? Uh, and... and Right, and, and so part he, of that, you know, I, I'm sure the the circumstances behind that are not lost on Sutton, in that this right. guy's a young right. man who needs money, mm-hmm. and the government has put out a hit. <laughs> right, and what is he doing that is, how different is that? He, the government has put out a bounty mm-hmm. on Sutton. What do you mean? Uh, wanted, dead or yeah, alive, yeah, yeah, yeah. X amount of Instead dollars. Instead of robbing a bank. The kid... Drop the dime. Yeah. Yeah. And part of that, I guess, and it, is, is it, kind of the media saturation, too, is like this supposed folk hero thing. Uh, so, yeah, it was. And, and, and he, I mean, I just, I love that. He's a tailor's son. It's really like the fucking the fancy suits is what got you. Like the one vice you really had. Mm. The kid, the kid was a tailor. He was son. a tailor's yeah, son. Yeah, yeah. And they would put the the photos of him up in. Yeah, the- no, and that's why Sutton was especially pu- was like not the tailors. Oh. Oh. This guy made the best suits. Police stations and tailors. Yeah, that's where they put the photograph. Yeah. And and they couldn't put him in a post office because they'd be like, that's just a guy in a post uniform, <laughs> just on a train, man. Just and he was just like next to and just like fucking followed him and was like, you know. You imagine for that kid, though, like what an exciting day that was. Recently. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't have to go to school. Right mister. up until his balls and eyes got shot Well, out. not that day. That was later. Well, and part of the, part of the irony there, too, is like that he's kind of like, 
doing the thing that Willie Sutton would appreciate so much, which is pay attention to the details. Yes, exactly. Yes. Like yes. everybody's going like on fucking like autopilot most yeah. of the time. That's why I get away with most of the shit I do. Yeah. Mm-hmm. This kid's actually being like, oh yeah, mm-hmm. like something doesn't add up. Yeah, Matt doesn't check out. And the mob does what the mob does, which is try to make somebody else happy. Yeah. Or, or, or you know. You know, it, oh, he wouldn't like that. Oh, get him. But it's trying to make them Stay out of my business. It's trying to make themselves also feel like good guys. It's such a Tony Soprano move. Yeah. 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 I, was, I did this I was, for you. I was being yeah. a good guy doing this terrible thing. Yeah. For you. I didn't ask Not for Not for this. me. Yeah. yeah. I wouldn't have done this if you hadn't. It's so I can, bra- I can brag to the other Bad guys, guys in prison that I'm better than them. That I did this noble thing because mm-hmm. Willie didn't deserve it. Right. And meanwhile, Willie's like, "Fucking Jesus!" You know why I, you like me? Because I don't do this shit. Exactly. Yeah. The only fucking thing I didn't want in uh, you know my history was any death behind it. And like now, it's not so funny anymore. Right. You know, but it just put it outside of that kind of criminal class too, which is also so interesting. It's just like he's going like, oh my god, the fucking horrible violence and pro, like yeah. If, I bet, he, I bet he, you he thought that the term organized crime was a joke. If you want to organize crime, look at my office. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Pencils, <laughs> erasers. Look at the way I do all jobs, sorts of yeah. shit. Files, Manila yeah. envelopes, and like a, and like a thing there too where you go like, these like, guys are just hanging out. Yeah. Yeah, but also like a lot of the thing with the organized crime is like it gets a, it kind of like a lot of shit was get, gotten away with because there was so much cooperation, right? And it, like I guess a, a lot it's of called that, co- it should be called cooperative crime <laughs> alliteration. <laughs> but there's there's like uh, this thing there too. Like even if you're doing horrific things, like you're kind of like I think even like less likely to have PTSD about it because. Everybody's aware. Everybody, everybody makes it seem okay. Right, it's part it's of business the, as usual. Part of the system. But like, yeah. if there's just a guy that's just a straight up operator, and he's just good at robbing banks, like, wouldn't it be good to just like put him on the payroll and give him some kind of like support? Like, on, on he might not take a guy like that. Might not take well, it well, because mean, that's what keeps him out of that in the first place. Is not being beholden to anybody. It, it, but ex- exactly, and you know what makes him? You know what in their minds maybe makes him part of it now. They perverted the idea of him by killing this kid, right? And so then, whether he likes it or not, now he is part of it. Oh, you owe us. And so so he isn't clean anymore. Now they say, okay, well, you're just as bad as us. You got this kid killed. Uh, yeah, and so I don't know. I don't in know. their minds, I'm not, I'm not saying that is the... They I put think they all did of it that, more for their own ego. But that is that equation but is, in, is, also is in part that of the ego, mind, whether is, they know it or sure. not. I just think the, you know, the... Supporting cast and his, you know, crew, like, now you're beholden to people that are, like, they're one-time, one-shot job guys, but, like, whatever, maybe they're, like, involved with some hooker, and, like, you know, like, and it's just, like, really, like, destructive, and, like, whatever, you know, like, there was, there was stuff like that, where it was, like, oh, man, he was, like, hooked up with this girl, and there was, like, volatile, and, like, I was kind of like, oh, you're showing too much of what you do, like, and that can reflect on me then, so now I'm kind of babysitting you, and, like, the one thing you say was, like, with organized crime is, like, that would just not happen. He would just go, like, hey, this guy's not good for the job we're doing, like. Right. Yes. You know. There is some order. Yeah, and there's a thing there, too, where you go, like, okay, so what am I going to do? I'm going to have to, like, kick up, like, 
10, 20% for everything I do. But then, then that becomes expected and routine and it's, Oh, now you have to do this job. Right. Right. If you are just a loan operator, you know, being, you know, being a small business owner, independent operator it has risks but it has rewards you don't have to kick up you're not expected you can work at your leisure you yeah. can do whatever right but it is all on you and he probably also knows too that those guys are the more bloodthirsty types so. and they'll they'll force you to do the next one yeah and they'll just, expect the next one of you the loan well, operator well the thing is that you know he's doing the next one anyway because he loves it like that's going down but I think he'd be more like I can't live with a fucking like some guy in the bank gets killed he also seems like the type of guy who wouldn't you wouldn't be able to force him to do the next one because he has nothing he's not beholden to you at all he's you know he's, yeah and he's kind of like mm. not a guy really hanging around like in the street yeah he's just like you know it, it it's just this story of like oh, we gotta do this thing is wait is this is Mr. Special available Mr. You know, right, or like right. the, the wolf yeah right like you're like, you're like, we got to do a special thing. Is the one guy who has right. nothing to do with us unless he absolutely has to? Mm -hmm. Is he available? I think it's kind of like what a lot of like the thief thing is in uh, Michael Mann's thief. Mm -hmm. It's kind of a guy that's sort of a lone operator, more tied up yeah. with the mob, based on real shit from right. Far Farina. He's like, I knew this fucking guy. The fuck of the Rolex, the hot car. But yeah, they kind of they kind of manage that relationship a lot more in the way that I guess. Uh, you know, I, I I think would have been beneficial to both. You know, more reliable people, um, and and you know, just yeah, then money coming into the family from a guy that like he's he's just addicted to doing it anyway. Right. Uh, yeah, it'd be like um the well, really getting into the the uh, the logistics of crime hiring, like what it would be for him. What would it be for Willie Sutton was that the mob would be a hiring pool. Mm -hmm. It'd be a temp agency. Right. I need a guy that can drive a car. I need I need oceans. I need budgets. Oceans eleven. Yeah. I need Great Lakes twelve. Uh, Great Lakes nine. <laughs> All right. I need I need the small Chinese well, guy that can fit inside a mailbag. I need the the that's two just brothers. For, that's just for fun. Yeah, <laughs> that's for later. <laughs> that's for after the robbery. <laughs> Um, and then, you know, I need a guy that can, that can Jimmy a lock. I need a guy that can drive a car. I need a guy that can, you know, open the door and give me those guys and I'll kick you the 10%. Right. Plus their daily rate, day rate. Or right. Right. So they're a temp agency. That would be the right way to do it. Mm -hmm. But we know that criminals, um, or especially organized criminals in any organizational structure, it gets thirsty. It does, and it goes. Hey, right. When when's the next job, right. <laughs> Mr. Sutton? You, you know, oh, they get, or they just we've so got a, we've got an next job lined up for you, sir, and we got the crew lined up right out. And he's like, no, 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 I don't do this. For me, the action is the juice, right? And that's why I'm an independent. And that that was kind of a big thing with the, uh, you know, a lot of the the kind of like balancing the act of the added tax. The added tax would be like, oh well. You're a loan operator. You got no protection except for me. So now I'm just going to take more because I'm greedy. Mm. Yeah. And other right, people, right, and then right. people, other people like in organized crime would be like, okay, well that is going to create some bad blood. Maybe it goes somewhere it shouldn't. Um, don't be too greedy. Like if if there's ten percent you can rely on, 
on a steady basis, like then you got your bread and butter. So like, just leave it alone. Mm -hmm. Right. But if, you know, somebody gets, you know, power hungry and stuff like that, they're just like in the mob. No, (laughs) like, you know, it it was like one of those things that (laughs) where they were saying the thing about like, Sammy the bull with fucking, uh, what's his name? The, uh, under siege, under siege, yeah. dark territory. Uh, what? Yeah, what's his name? Oh, oh yeah, Sammy the Bull. There was a uh, Seagal. Steven Seagal. Yeah, yeah. Oh, oh, the, oh, the, oh. And it was just like you know, he used to like give <laughs> money to the fucking uh, Gambino family, and yeah. Then I think it was like when Gotti Junior stepped up, he was like taxing him again, mm-hmm. and he's like, and I was going, I was like, just leave him alone, like fucking like. But they, they also hey, Steven Seagal. They know they could abuse the shit out of that guy. Yeah, but they had probably dirt on him. Fucking kids in Thailand. He's a fucking. He's a fucking it's ass a clown. Yeah, I know. So like, he walked up to their table when the relationship started, being like, "Oh, you know, like yeah, like paying I mean, his respects uh, or whatever." And then like he starts getting taxed on his fucking movies. Like, what are you, what are you getting? Nothing. He's Donald Trump. Yeah, the illusion of like, oh, I hang out with tough guys or whatever. Yeah, but you know, now he gets to go to Russia and then some guy flops over his shoulder to pretend that he's a Taekwondo master. Yeah, it's like, wait, you know, the, the Gaudis never gave him that. He he was just in the wrong mob. Yeah, uh, Seagal is just like buying his own bullshit. Like, yeah, <laughs> twice you know? the price. Yeah, <laughs> he's, he's, like, paying, he's paying debt to his own this, bullshit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fucking like. Admires people fucking like Trump admires like yeah, yeah. this guy's a strong tough guy this Putin like, he admires man, people that he wishes he was oh no yeah 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 uh, and apparently he thinks. does have a compound in Thailand where little children are get the fuck out of here dude I heard it on good authority uh, is that a podcast or <laughs> <laughs> it's a music it's a band uh, I think it was like a Vice thing cool good research. <laughs> You gotta get more into that, I think. I have. Let me say. Let me, let, me, let me rephrase it. Pretty good authority. <laughs> <laughs> I uh, yeah. I, but also, don't you kind of believe Seagal, it? I mean, fuck it. I mean, I believe whatever. Don't you kind of believe it? Yeah. I mean, At least with Nick Nolte, you're just like. I think I've said it on the show twice, so now I yeah, have to look that, it up. Yeah, without yeah, extra yeah. proof. Yeah. So, but also, listen. Just trust me on this one. <laughs> yeah. But just, just follow me on this. I one. will. Uh, I'll look that up and see if there's any uh, smoke. Where yeah. there's fire. No, I'll follow you for the change. And it's so funny too because like uh, it's one of these things. I mean, the guy like the spray paint of the like the hair. Spray that's paint. all. That, I mean, shit. Spray paint. That like, should be uh, stencil spray paint. Yeah. I mean, if you can't even fake you, your you're fake rich. Hair. Just get fake hair. Yeah. Yeah. Not paint. Yeah. Harvest it off those children. You're fucking. Uh, maybe you're not Jesus that. Maybe you're not. Right. That, she is. Maybe you're not that rich. What's though? he gonna do? Submit me in a fucking. Akita hold? Yeah. Get a free hold, dude. <laughs> <laughs> apparently, yeah. So apparently he ends up... He, <laughs> Anyways, Steven Seagal. <laughs> he, he apparently ends up crying because like, the FBI is tapping him, like getting shaken down. Seagal? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. sounds like him. He was under siege. So then he was like... <laughs> he knew he was caught between the Gambino crime family and the FBI, and he just started like crying like crazy. And these FBI guys told Gravano, who's... Also, the guy sharing the story who's total murderer. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, complete psycho. Has like a podcast now and stuff. Like it's 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 a wild time. Well, I mean, I think doesn't that fit into what we were talking about? This like evolution of the American outlaw thing, where it's like, oh, uh, a song about how they were stealing from banks yeah. and 
giving it to people, the the farmers, and then it's like uh, this is the ballad of Jeffrey Epstein. Here we go, one and a two and a one, two year old. Here we go. And now yeah. it's like you were a multi murderer, and America is like, well, I'd love to listen to the podcast about the from the but guy also, who killed tons of people. Wouldn't you? Oh, dude! If Manson had a podcast, everybody would listen dude, to it. Dude, you have a couple of like songs every episode. I'm not, I'm not oh even. I'm God. not even joking. No, you're 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 not wrong. I think but, I think. The, but that's it, not. It depends good. on how how coherent not, he was. It's, it's not good that that you're right. It, you'd be right. Here's the, here's. But that's what I'm saying. The intrigue and and the romance of crime has not really faded. Right. I think. Well, look at all, I think look with look the, with the, the case of Charles Manson, he wouldn't be able to remain coherent for very long. Well, certainly he would yeah, be. He would be less coherent than Alex Jones. People would listen to it for that. Yeah, some people. I under yes, but not as many as listen to Alex Jones. No, uh, well, because because those people who listen to Alex Jones, they don't think he's incoherent. Right, but yeah. Well, with a big, with, like, well, that's the thing with podcasts now is that listen, people listen to us. I mean, but, uh, <laughs> yeah, but, but hold on, real quick. Also, with Manson, there was a thing with like the parole hearings where like me and Aaron were saying this. Remember, Miranda got all bent out of shape. Oh, yeah. This is making a lot of sense about the environment. Because, no, he would say stuff about like. He got, he got Geraldo on his tip. The the judicial system and uh, poor people and how they come up and. Right. You know, the system, they're like kind of like almost like created to be criminals. Yeah, because that's what happened to him. And he would yeah. make all, he would make all these great, and, but then he would like go on to like this race war shit, and you go like, oh, fuck, oh, the health skelter stuff's out of control. Yeah, and so right. it turns people, it would turn people off because he is crazy. Well, I well, I mean, what we're talking about here is is the the personality, the media personality, where uh, how long is someone on air before all of their views come out, like. Like, you know, if you interview someone after a few three hour podcasts, you ask them a specific topic about a specific topic. Maybe you want their expertise in that. Well, that, that, that's Manson, why Joe Rogan is so popular, because he has no expertise and right. he just says, uh huh. Right. Charles Manson's expertise is crazy. Would no, but would be in the 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 line from like a, 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 um adoption yeah, adoption house. My expertise is getting it, adopted and being raped in juvenile hall. Yeah, right. and then then how that becomes a criminal. Yeah. His expertise is not in race wars, <laughs> other than the fact that he tried to create one out of without having any idea. His, what any he of didn't that work means. in government or nothing. His <laughs> expertise was in uh, hacking people, and that's why people he, are fascinated with Charles Manson because right, right. he still kind of stole his way to uh, like notorious icon, like in right. in a way where people are like. Yeah. Buy his fucking music and like, you know, uh, he would want you to steal it. For no, one, but, but, he would want you to steal his music. Also, to be fair, when I say his expertise, his expertise is is an anecdotal expertise, and it is valid because he was part of the system. But he is not someone who had studied that entire. Right, no, but his expertise that is, lived expertise. Yeah, yes, and also, that, like, but get, that is one voice that is not. But his defining that, that his. No instability would it would suss out like you know Paris Hilton's got a podcast coming out that it's gonna fail. <laughs> it'll do. Just you can put me on record now, January no, no, fucking thirteenth. Right. Manson having a podcast was not my point. My point was yeah, being was that, I know. But that romance of crime has not gone away. Right. No, it's Sutton's only, podcast only... would be great. Oh yeah, oh yeah. I think I I, I All right, hypothetical criminal podcast rankings. Here we go. <laughs> Uh, yeah. <laughs> that's, uh, that's a Patreon. I do, I do, that's a yeah, Patreon. Hypothetical right, criminal podcast we rankings. We gotta, we gotta, let's text yeah. about All-timers. that. All-timers. That's very good. Robert Juris is him just saying, oh my God, yeah. I killed them all. Oh my God. <laughs> Next episode, I'll say it again. Yeah, yeah. 
Ted, uh, um, um, not Ted Lasso. Ted DiBiase. <laughs> Ted Danson. No. Um, Bundy. Uh, yeah. Ted yeah. Bundy's would be good. Oh, but, that'd be too much for me, man. No, but, uh, but it depends know, on what he gets into. In that same way, like the American obsession with true crime. Like I, I would, I don't, I would, I'm interested in to know, like I, now that I think about it, like, do other countries have the same obsession with true crime as America does? Because America has a, an absurd obsession with true crime. Yeah, I mean, okay, so this show itself. And American it's, women. It's American women overwhelmingly. Yes. I, 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 like, I, like, this show is clearly about people that basically don't play by the rules. Right, but we try not to do, mur- like, murderers. Yeah, I mean, it just... Yeah, because true crime is a euphemism for murderers. Yes. And yes, rapists. That's what I mean. Yes, right. That's what I mean. Yes. Right. Uh, but I guess people feel... Some way about, you know, people breaking, like, the ultimate laws, I mm-hmm. guess, or something. I don't well, know. I mean, yes, it's <laughs> it's the ultimate taboo. Right. right. But I, I don't, I just, I just, I don't care. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah really no, no, it, 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 yeah. It, there's a reason there's a gender disparity on who watches those shows. Mm-hmm. And, and, and I'm, I'm glad it exists. Because, you know... The boogeyman is real. The boogeyman is real, and you ladies gotta watch out for him because we're too busy, I don't know, doing weird shit with fucking tools or right, something. Like, right, you know, like, yeah. Well, you know... We're looking at weirdos. Cool. You gotta look at creeps. Yeah. <laughs> we, got, we got cornhole mustard over here in the corner. Yeah, here. exactly. But fuck it, like, I mean, somebody marrying the Night Stalker? Like, there, he doesn't even have, like... The Manson bullshit you can fall for. Like, yeah. he's not even I'm good. actually a political prisoner. He's <laughs> like, not even a good cook. Ramirez is just a guy creeping into apartments and slaughtering people. Like, yeah. What? Yeah. He didn't even have any sort of manifesto or nothing. No, no he would just draw a pentagram and be like, stick his tongue out or something. <laughs> Come in your house in Silver Lake and yeah. stab yeah, you. Yeah, like, I have a spirograph. <laughs> what a fucking idiot. People are like, you're obsessed with the Night Stalker? What are you, the dumbest bastard of all time? I mean, well, that's the thing is like it only takes one person. Yeah. And when you put when you start putting them on TV, some crazy broad's gonna be like, oh, he's hot. Yeah, yeah. I yeah. <laughs> or a guy. Uh-huh. Yeah. I think some of that uh, mystique is some of the bullshit like Marilyn Manson was falling for too. Like, oh, you are like with the devil. I'm gonna be like a fucking like Marilyn Manson was falling for it. Yeah, I think he was kind of. He fall- was fa- oh falling mean- in love with his own bullshit. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh, and absolutely. then and then he tricked young women into falling into that too. Like yeah, yeah. yeah but like- th- th- that that was what, what he tricked like the idea like in that same way that true crime kind of there's like this uh, there's like a, a a layer of it where you're like well it's not so bad because we're talking about it and everybody knows the reality. <laughs> Plus I can save him. Yeah. Right. Like you know, Marilyn Manson is like well I'm all really creepy but at least I'm really honest about it. But it's like no it uh-huh. turns out he was just really honest yeah. about being a fucking scumbag. Yeah. And yeah. then everybody was like well okay well it's <laughs> we told you so. Yeah it was like this thing of like uh, oh you know you must be attracted to the flame. <laughs> you know, because like you want to burn, yeah, and, and people yeah. are going like, actually, no thanks. I'm a big like, moth. You know, I'm like, some people are moths. <laughs> yeah, but it only—I mean, it, it only takes one moth for it to be a tragedy, right? right. Of and course. So, and yeah, with but, Marilyn but, Manson, it seemed to be a few moths. Yeah. Right, and so, but amongst the millions of people that Marilyn Manson reached, yeah. there was very mediocre music. <laughs> Except for like two or three really music videos. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
uh, and and a few talk show appearances. Yeah, uh, in that Michael, he was in in, in, in Bowling Club Colum- for Columbine. Oh, yeah, was, yeah. oh and, and yeah, and, and displayed as like an intellectual almost. Yes, right, right. and and those things are valid, but everything else is a giant red flag on fire. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and you go, what did you ha- you got to go? What did you? Th- what kind of guy did you think he was? If you're a parent, but all of those other things, you they, go. That's the guy we told you to avoid. But all of those other things, they 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 add, they, they you know they they add a but buffer. But he's a really sweet a buffer. soul. You know, it's like well, you know, he's a music musician. He's a weird, you know. Yeah, I mean, but like, yeah, I mean, it, it's it's just a false buffer. It was also just like a played out gimmick already. It was just you do it for you, some people. It wasn't right. There's yeah, a new generation, right? Yeah. But it's. Whatever, Alice Cooper, like you know, like but not Alice. Alice Cooper seems Alice Cooper is way fucking Alice, cooler. Every story about Alice Cooper. Like, Coo- Marilyn like Manson is a ripoff of Alice Cooper, yeah. right? Because Alice Cooper with is Alice, Alice in Wonderland, DB Cooper, in my opinion. I just made that up right he's, now. He's a ripoff. Sounds good. He's a ripoff without any of the things that make him actually like Alice yeah. Cooper. Because it turns yeah. out Alice Cooper is like a really sweet. guy. He is a really sweet guy, and the worst thing yeah. he said is "school's out forever." <laughs> yeah, but even like Trevor Reznor, like you know, I, like we've seen. God is dead and no one cares. I was shocking the shit out of me when I was like 11. Sure, yeah, yeah. But Charles yeah. is like a thoughtful person and like quickly sussed out that Marilyn Manson just sucks. Yes. Yeah. He really didn't have much. Uh, well, I mean, you, you listen to uh, one of our jukeboxes and you can see some of the one of the old bands he was in. You know, Trent Reznor has, you know, he's he has a thorough understanding of terrible music. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I uh, I kind of stand by all of it. I don't know. No, even that bad song is like kind of yeah. fun because you see just you see Trent Reznor there. Uh, yeah, and he was like seventeen. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Everyone's bad at seventeen. <laughs> but yeah, like uh, you know, I think most of those guys something to offer Marilyn. It's like he's not writing songs, right? A famous musician, he doesn't write songs. There's some other guy that he bullies in the band. Yeah, yeah. You know, and like. Fucks that guy's girlfriend. You just yeah. kind of like, like, you know how to manipulate me? I don't know how we got it from Willie Sutton. This is really wild, but. Well, we, we, well we, going we, from we, the like, romance control. of actual, like, cool criminals yeah. to, like, where we were talking about where that line ended. Right. And where that iris closed. And then when people want to be, want to be evil or want to be criminals. Yeah. Like, right. And they're just shitheads. You know, there's a difference between Robin Hood and Scarface. Right, <laughs> and Tony Montana, Which right? Story, yeah, like where, where, where in where in those three, four hundred, actually, let's say five hundred years, mm-hmm. where did that line cross? Mm-hmm. Where Robin Hood became Tony Montana? Well, sure. I, I think it, you know, it could be something as simple like as someone like Logan Paul being like, "I'm in a Japanese forest where people committed suicide, and I have the humanity of it." is not part of the equation of the popularity of me doing a thing, right? So there, That, there that is, happened much later. Right, but I'm, but I'm just saying, like, you, you could follow a thread to the fact that, like, a, a guy who's going, it's important for me to be popular, and popular doesn't mean liked, popular means hits, and hits mean I do something crazy. Right. And so crazy could mean a cherry bomb in a mailbox, or it could mean here's a dead body I found. Right. Yeah, and not having the solemnity that's appropriate. Yeah, I understand. Right. Yeah, the, so I think I think what you're getting at there is the 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 deeper, more simple thing is the disconnect from other people's pain. Yes. Yes. 
So that's where Tony Montana yes. is different than even um, Pablo Escobar. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Pablo Escobar is closer to Robin Hood than Tony Montana is. Because he gave back. Yes. Right. 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 Sure. They sure. But he was that, well aware of other people's. And pain. now there's hippos all over. And now these <laughs> these cocaine these hippos <laughs> love chops. And they got big fucking nostrils. Man. <laughs> yeah. But that was the thing too, though, where it was it was almost kind of uh, uh, you know the thing of uh, uh, buying loyalty in a way, right? Uh, of course, and there's but, but there's also a little bit of mythology there. But too. what is politics but buying loyalty? Uh, yes, <laughs> and, and and the thing of especially taking it from uh, the wealthiest country that you're kind of like you're you're being like oh yeah, so they have that you've used pixie dust to steal it from them. Yes, you've used magic fairy powder mm-hmm. to steal power away from the white people. Right. Yes, it, it's, it's pretty brilliant. It's pretty fucking good, and you know like <sighs> like the Sandman. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But that's also the thing too, like you know, uh, whether it's whatever kind of sympathy, whether it's it's bought or you know, uh, you know, kind of like nurtured politically, uh, combination. The average person in the street just not wanting to rat you out is what's going to give you longevity, right? Uh, and that might be through uh, intimidation when it's like organized crime, yeah. Or it might be through you know if it's the farmer in Ireland who's going like I fucking support the IRA. I don't want these fucking guys with helicopters mm-hmm. over my cows. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right, right. Then you go like it's just like whatever way it mm-hmm. works to make people shut the yeah. fuck up. Earned, la- earned probably lasts a little longer than bought. Yeah, I mean, right. I mean, yeah, but mo- whatever works works. Today. Yes, um, and I guess it's it's a little bit of also. Kindness carrying a stick always, uh-huh. like, no matter yeah, what. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. But, uh, you know, it, it seems like kind of the safest way to escape that sort of shit, mm-hmm. you know? If Willie Sutton was, like, in, like, one of the families as a protected guy, I bet, like, there would be a lot more, like, second thoughts on, like, naming him in the streets, you know? Well, there was. It was, it was a non-connected kid who named him. Right. But if he was known to be one of those guys and not just like a lone guy, you pin the tail on the donkey and. Do you think that a kid would have. I mean, you read the book, so I, I don't know, but. No, I mean, it, it was... seems like uh, the kid seemed just, a, you know, naive, young yeah. and heart could use the money. I think it was also just there were, no, there was no money. There was really just fanfare. The, the The reward was non-existent. He heard it happened. Uh, but it was, I think, probably just for that kid, just like, hey, excitement. Yeah. yeah. So, I yeah. mean, that I don't think you can breed out with connections. When, with a loan, again, an, the kid's just as lone yeah, as yeah. Willie is. Right. But if you knew it was like. Well, what, maybe. What you, maybe. Can, what you can breed out with connections is. The, Next. the popularity of, uh, or the picture of him in the first place. You know, with enough connections, you can... There's have, not a picture in any tailor shop in the country. Right, right. With enough connections, you know, the cops are bribed, and so the, that doesn't go up anywhere. No one knows enough to look for him. I guess, yeah, I guess that's true, too. Yeah. Um, there was a lot of not admitting, uh, yeah, organized crime even existed at that point. Yeah. But... Um, when it only that, takes one. When that kid was killed, it was, yeah, considered like kind of like a fucking terrifyingly vicious I crime. I think organized crime exists. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. I mean, 
Yeah, I mean, it was especially uh, three times. Especially like, the nature, like four. The, the nature you count each testicle and eyeball. Geez. Unless they got him from the side, then it could have conceivably been two shots. At, it was a, at mag- a maximum. It was, right, it was a magic right. bullet. But oh, they're, they're probably whoever did it wasn't that good at it. I'm guessing. I mean, yeah. But you but could, if you got the, him from the side, the on point the of it was such an obvious. It was like the mob wants you to know that. Hmm. Yeah, it's calling card. I, I, it, was, it, it wasn't a random crime. The mob wants you to know that. Uh, see something, say nothing. Yeah. That's what they wanted you to know. Right. And, you know, thought it would elevate kind of their status and their criminal underworld to be like, we all agree everybody likes Willie, right? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We all agree that everybody knows we did it now. Shit. Fuck. Oh, uh, well, yeah. Totally backfired. Uh, I didn't think of that part through. Mm. Willie? Well, let's ask Willie what he thinks. <laughs> ah, Fuck. But it's crazy though, like even like he kind of skated through even that thing, even though it wasn't his fault or whatever, to the point where like he still had enough like celebrity and notoriety to be in a fucking commercial. The bank robber doing an ad for the bank, crazy. especially well, that's so, so many years later. I mean, but, but also, <laughs> hey, I'm an expert in robbing people, and the good folks at Florida Central are robbing you blind. Yeah, <laughs> but also, doesn't that fit? do business with them? That fits. That fits totally into what we've been talking about with. The murder podcasts, and also in America, like in, America, what, in what way? Well, because he's a celebrity now instead of. I mean, well, it's different. But, but he, it he, is different with him. It's really it is different with him. Yeah, it, it, it's really celebrity is the only juice he has left. Only but, less he, chip left he has to play. But, you know, the, the and the celebrity you, was one on being a nice guy. The Charles Manson show, the the Sammy the Bull podcast. You know, after a while, the crimes are. Part of the celebrity, but they don't. Know. Right, but these are also crimes against a larger criminal enterprise, aka the U.S. Sure. government. It, it, it like is, it Oliver is, North has a show on Fox News. It is different. That's Amazing. that's a crime. It Amazing. is different with him, but you know, in that same vein, he's just on a s- smaller. He's just lower down on the, on the ladder than. <laughs> but, but having to monetize your celebrity as a criminal to survive. Is arguably a bigger crime than than a lot of these people committed. <laughs> sure, sure. But the company's willingness to do it, I think, is the most fascinating thing. Oh, it's fascinating. That is a crime because they know. I mean, in the same way that the Catch Me If You Can guy gets a job helping them stop people do what he did, they yeah. go, "Okay, well, you know, close like, the gate behind you when you get in." Exactly. It's, it's kind of a thing too, of, where the the which is the ultimate U.S. immigrant story. The, corp- <laughs> the, cor- the, the corporation is also low key saying. The bums lost. <laughs> yes. I think they're shouting it. Yeah. 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 <laughs> they're going like, we do what your parents did, Mr. Sutton. We Get a job. <laughs> yeah. We even got Sutton on the payroll now. <laughs> yeah. You know? He used to rob us. <laughs> He's a good man. Yeah. And, and thorough. thorough. <laughs> he was thorough. He was extremely he was thorough. thorough. And he was a good man. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's, you know, it, it just a fucking... Crazy, crazy life to choose, and kind of like, well, he couldn't start a podcast, <laughs> but he, like he just didn't <laughs> he have died it. too soon. For no regrets, like just a guy that was no regrets like, either. Well, he seems like a practical guy, and uh, you know, just him being like, dude, I fucking loved it. I'm sorry, I don't know. I was fucking <laughs> time of my life robbing a bank. Like, I was yeah, just, yeah. I mean, they're they're also so obviously. 
Robert Barron. So like these guys got all the shit. Yeah. None of us have anything. Yeah. Take it from them. They suck. And even then, when he went to jail, it doesn't sound like it was as bad as it was for everybody else. So, you know, that adds to the. But it being one on complete charm. Again, there wasn't a pan. I have this sense that people with a ton of charm have less regrets than people with a lo- with no charm. I at also all. feel like if you have read Schopenhauer in 1929, <laughs> sure. you you're the most charming motherfucker on the planet, or like, at least cell block A. Would you like to explain Schopenhauer at least a little bit? Uh, I want to say uh, uh, existentialist. Uh, uh, he got. I think he got, like sort of countered uh, Plato and stuff, being like. There was a lot of reason in their work, and he was just like, "Oh no, the universe is nuts." <laughs> you want to talk about Chaos reason? Reigns. Yeah, he he was. Yeah. He, he, <laughs> the universe is basically a fucking Trader Joe's parking lot. Yeah, I think. What did you the universe? You're a mess. Madness reigns. No, I, think, I I think Joseph Campbell is a big fan of Schopenhauer. Yeah, I think he had a uh, a lot of stuff of like, yeah, that's it's a uh, a lot of. Uh, chaos mm. in the universe and and that both that we um we uh, we uh, we put order around it yeah we kind of yeah, demand yeah, it yeah, yeah. yeah. right we're, to make us feel better we wrap it up yeah. and understand it um i mean we're not going to wrap Schopenhauer up in tw- two sentences at the end of our show <laughs> too late but uh done, yeah done uh, I think I, mean, I imagine he was reading. He's like, "Yeah, his chaos." Did I go out here and rob banks? It's nuts. I escaped from prison. But he was. A, but he wasn't a chaos. He was a. He was a total chaos. He was the greatest pervert. No, no. Argu- no. Arguably, he was. He was both. Uh, escapes from three maximum security prisons. Right, but but, but two million dollars stolen, but, but in not, multiple bank robberies. I mean, but with. Not in a chaotic way. I mean, and it seems like in no, a very... No, I don't think there was any chaos with him. I think yeah. there was moral order and, uh, 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 I guess, uh, you know, uh, litigious chaos. <laughs> you know, like, it was... it was, Which almost sounds moral. He he was the order amongst the chaos, I would say. Uh, very much. Making and, order out of it. And that's why he's just such a weird fucking guy. And like, he's just yeah. so fucking nice. Dude. Like, he just... This, I mean, like... In a chaotic system, anything that is uh, uh, made of order is inherently a threat. Because yes. he was the Neo to the Matrix. He was he was chaotic to the chaos. I mean, but also uh, pretty good. It, Matrix Resurrections on HBO Max now. Yeah, it's fine. Stream it or don't. Yeah, it's ever. Fi- it's fine. I enjoyed it. See it if you want. See it. It's it, it, it's fine. Break it up over two, two nights. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Start it at ten, finish it in the morning. Yeah, it's, you know. I think that it gets to even the judge that passes the sentence, mm-hmm. Agent Smith, and and then don't forget after that that uh, he lives another ten years. Yeah, well, he's got to do those commercials. Yeah, uh, we need you to work for the banks. <laughs> it, it, it's just bringing such, in the righty. It's just so charming. It's just like he charmed fucking everybody. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I I mean, it, it's really hard to not appreciate. I don't know if appreciate's the right word, but enjoy someone who breaks the rules that are stupid, steals from the people that you don't like, doesn't hurt anybody. And is an all-around nice guy. <laughs> yeah. Right. I mean, it's so, really so, hard so, to I'm only like... breaking the, I'm only robbing from the people that are criminals themselves. Yeah. Right. And I'm nice. Yeah. I don't hurt anybody. I, so I'm and nice the in, rules I'm, I'm breaking are stupid. I'm yeah. nice in the bank. I'm nice in prison, right? The cops love me. Uh, I'm the, a freak in the sheets. The other, the, the, <laughs> the other criminals love me. I've kind of sacrificed everything to do this one crazy thing I want to do. 
And I, that's, yeah, it's just like one of the, and, and I'm, ha- and it's just me and I'm, ha- I'm happy to do it. Like I, I, I think I'm I, the guy walking. I'm, you know what? I am. I'm the guy walking down your street at six in the morning, taking cans out of your recycling. Who I don't, I don't know. Who am I, like hurt? Okay, okay. Who am I hurting? Okay. That, <laughs> I mean, I understand the analogy. Yeah, it, it's not perfect. It's, it's not perfect. And no, he's the guy whistling at six in the morning going, nah, 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 I'm having a great time. Oh, yeah. No, he's seriously. Was he a whistler? He would walk through like the Rose Gardens in Brooklyn and stuff like that. Like that was, yeah. that was, he, that was his idea the, of a good time. Yeah, like, all right. Nice. Just a guy strolling <laughs> around. <laughs> like He loved to stroll, huh? Just like not a fucking care in the world. Oh, in his four-piece tuxedo, when your clothes fit that top well. hat, cane, and you'll tail. you'll stroll when your clothes fit that well. And yeah, just uh, you know, d- deluxe fucking happy. Always like, you know, I tell you about that that one guy at the the Circle K that my buddy was working at, where he brings the case of beer, puts it up on the counter. Oh, he robbed and, him, and then he shows like the gun. Yes, the gun. We've talked pants. about it a few times. The gun in his pants. He goes, empty the empty register. The register? Question. He's not happy. He's yeah. not good at his job either. No. <laughs> He's the opposite of Willie Sutton. Yeah. I don't think he was caught, so not bad. Plus, you got a case of beer. Nice. What? Big old case of piss. Oh God. <laughs> Pretty good story. Pretty yeah, nice. That was that was very nice. I I uh, I I really like that little tale. It's uh, the currency was charisma and U.S. dollars. It was, uh, you know, I, I like all that bank robber shit too, the Dillinger stuff, whatever. But all those guys are just like mainly just like fucking bloodthirsty psychos, you know? Yeah. And it's it, it kind of speaks to like the time in a way where it's like, oh yeah, it was case. But then you look at Willie Sutton and you go like, bro, get a mailman uniform. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Trade in the gun for a costume for a, some spirit gum and a fake mustache. Yeah, the sky's the limit. Yeah. You know, you fucking like. Take an improv class. Guys on running boards with machine guns just gunning down. I mean, a little discretion would be nice. Please. Please. Do you know where everybody knows where the car is going? It's like, yeah, there's a guy on the side of it for some reason. He's got a machine gun. He's killing all my family. He's wearing a pinstripe suit firing guns into the air. (laughs) And at at, at fruit stands. Follow the broken fruit. (laughs) All right, fellas, let's get the fuck out of here. Yeah, my cameras aren't done. Pretty nice. Uh, I'm going to say good night. I love you. My name is John Fahey. I'm Francis Ford Copperphagia. <laughs> My Purcell. Good night, everybody. We love you. Good night. Star Bands Avenue, a podcast network.